From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. the wrong scene. Sorry about that. Got like 10 things going on at once on this computer. Welcome into the MPW Digital Post Game Show. I'm Neil McCready. Ole Miss defeats Arkansas 2 to nothing today in an elimination game. Uh, Connor Nolan for Arkansas was really good. He was not as good as Dylan DeLucia of Ole Miss, who was absolutely phenomenal for uh, Ole Miss. He goes the distance. I'll pull up a box score in a minute. Nine Full innings for Dylan DeLucia. Went by himself on short rest, coming off of a fairly long outing on uh, Saturday and uh, was absolutely terrific for Ole Miss. They advanced to play Oklahoma. I've got the schedule there in the the stream, on the scroll, I should say. Ole Miss and Oklahoma play game one on Saturday, 6 p.m. The uh, uh, Sunday game is an afternoon game, and then the Monday game, if necessary, is on uh, Monday night. All of those games on ESPN. No people are going to ask those questions. It's all right there. Uh, this stream, as it has been throughout the uh, the postseason, starting with the Super Regional Clincher, brought to you by the College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. Please visit them. Buy your Ole Miss-branded College World Series gear from the people at the College Corner. You're now two wins from a national championship, and should that national championship happen, the College Corner will have – Ole Miss National Championship gear um, available immediately at collegecornerstore.com. Go visit them. Make sure they know how much that you appreciate. Look at this. The graphics are just flying all over the page. i got to get the thing in the right spot. Sorry. Uh, we'll have guests in a minute. Um, Jeffrey Wright will join. Brian Rippey will join. Chase will join from Omaha as soon as he is uh, finished with postgame stuff. It's uh, 5.22. I'm not going to lie to you. At 7 p.m., I'm going to be distracted by the NBA draft, which begins tonight. I'm an Oklahoma City Thunder fan. My son is a huge Oklahoma City Thunder fan. They have the second pick in the draft. So I'll be distracted at that point. Big thanks also to uh, Corinth Dental Clearwater Group for uh, making our coverage uh, a little easier on the pocketbook. This week, uh, Clearwater Group, if you're ever dealing with any government issues at all get in touch with um, austin and all the people at the clearwater group clearwatergroup.ms is the website uh they've been fantastic to us in the past they sponsored our sugar bowl coverage uh back in uh december and january stepped up again for us um here this month as uh the trip to omaha is now a good nine ten day trip it's not uh not cheap also to corinth dental corinthdental.com uh, great services, including Invisalign. You can get in touch with Corinth Dental and get a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. And um, they step up, sponsor our uh, Oxford Exxon podcast every single day and went a little extra uh, here in the month of June to help our coverage of the uh, of the College World Series. We certainly appreciate them. And uh, I know you guys do too. So uh, we'll get to all that in a minute. I need to pull up a box score. Ole Miss gets... Uh, couple of innings with single runs. Again, Connor Nolan goes eight for Arkansas. He was terrific. And um, 
Zach Taylor came in through the ninth for them. Ole Miss only scores two runs, but one turned out to be plenty. And um, Dylan Delusha is the story. He's who we will be talking about throughout the night. I don't have a final pitch count. Like I said, I need to pull that up. In fact, I'm going to do that now. I'm going to find that as I get to Jeffrey in a minute. I meant to do that. This game went so fast. Absolutely flew by. Uh, two hours and ten minutes or something like that. I mean, just incredible how fast the game went. Um, I was anticipating not going on till about, I don't know, 6.30 or something, and here it is at 5.24, and we're already into the show. So let me find um, let me find that score. Let's see. There's the, there's the final. Ole Miss 2, Arkansas 0. Let me get to a box here. Um, Ole Miss only had uh, seven hits. It's two runs. Uh, runs driven in by Kevin Graham and also Calvin Harris. Uh, Ole Miss scores in the uh, Ole Miss scores one in the fourth, one in the seventh. Uh, Kevin Graham had a double. It was his eleventh uh, of the season. Drove in uh, his fiftieth run of the season. Calvin Harris drove in his twentieth run of the season. But the story again: Dylan Delusha, nine innings. He gave up four hits. Obviously, no runs. Did not walk a soul. Struck out seven. He threw 113 pitches, 75 for strikes. 113 pitches, 75 for strikes. He was great. And again, I mean, you, you have, almost have to appreciate uh, just how good he was. Gave up hits to Michael Turner, Chris Lanzilli, um, Robert Moore. I only have three hits that I see. The box score says four, but I only see three. Anyway, uh, Connor Nolan goes eight for Arkansas. He gives up seven hits, two runs. They were earned. He did not walk anybody either. Seven strikeouts. I mentioned Evan Taylor came in to pitch the ninth for Arkansas. Uh, he was perfect in that inning, did not walk anyone, struck out one. Uh, Connor Nolan, very efficient. Again, he was efficient against Stanford on Saturday, very efficient against Ole Miss, 84 pitches, 58 for strikes. Uh, Taylor got through the ninth with seven pitches, six for strikes. So an incredibly well-pitched baseball game for both teams. But Dylan DeLucia, just fantastic. We'll be talking about him. A legendary performance, one that people will be talking about for a long time. We we talk about that uh, Drew Pomeranz performance uh, all the time back in, against Western Kentucky in the Super Regional round. I think this one topped it. This was this was amazing. This is just an amazing performance. If you had told um, Dave Van Horn before the day that he would just give up two runs to Arkansas, I think he would thought he would be celebrating tonight. He is not. Uh, that was just incredible how good Dylan Delusia was. Uh, a lot of you in, so we appreciate uh, appreciate you being a part of us. Let me get, make take care of another couple of things that I need to make sure I do. This will be the Friday morning podcast. Um, so it's the Oxford Exxon podcast. Oxford Exxon's been taking care of us for, I don't know, 10, 11 years now. I lose track of time. Highway 6 West in Oxford. It's the Oxford Exxon. There's another, Ox, there's another Exxon in Oxford that claims to be the Oxford Exxon. It's not. The Oxford Exxon's Highway 6 West in Oxford. Always clean, always great. Uh, they've got uh, it's a great place to fill up, great place to go inside, snacks, uh, drinks, beer selection, everything right there at the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford next door to the Oxford Crystal. I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi. Speaking of people who've been with us for a long time, who've taken care of us, Corey Clark and the people at Clark Ford, absolutely awesome. Been great friends of this podcast for I don't know how many years now. I've lost track. Um I'm in the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Call the number. 
Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. Um, you get your quote and do what you want with it. You can shop it around. That's your prerogative, obviously. Or you can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do. And that's hop into a Clark Ford today. My whole family's driving them. Would recommend that you drive them as well. Great service, great product. The um, They go above and beyond with service all the time at Clark Ford guest uh jeffrey wright in a minute and uh brian and then chase all join on the rafters music and food hotline rafters music and food on the square in oxford a great place to uh, have a burger po' boy appetizers great beer selection full bar and more there at rafters on the square also don't forget rafters in new albany and if you're heading out to sardis it's going to be super hot this weekend it's 100 degrees at one point in oxford today so if you're heading out to sardis make sure you start, stop by um, rafters on the water uh, frozen margaritas, cold beers, burgers, and more. They're at Rafters on the Water in Sardis. So uh, I know a couple people have already super chatted. I appreciate you guys. Let's see. I'll, I'll call you out and thank you for it um, if I can find it. Uh, Sammy, thanks, big guy. Uh, Sammy says, Loosh times two. Congratulations, Rebs and OEP family. As always, thanks to us for the spectacular coverage. Appreciate you very much. Um, Gulf Coast Reb, we have Bell's Two-Hearted Ale on you. I'll take you up on that. Appreciate that very much. And Pocket Watch, thank you also as well. So uh, thanks for you guys taking care of us. Richard B., just then with a, another Super Chat, really appreciate that. It means a lot. We might be begging for Super Chats by Monday. Um, this was in middle of April <laughs> when Ole Miss was uh, really scuffling. I don't think we thought we were going to Omaha for 10 days. So... Uh, Anyway, we'll, it's exciting time for you guys, exciting times for, uh, for Ole Miss. So we'll get, uh, let's get to Jeffrey, get his thoughts. Brian was going to join first, but he thought this game would, um, he thought this game would last a while, so he's still driving home. So I'm going to get, uh, I'll get Jeffrey on first, and then we'll get to Brian after that. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you, sir? I am well, sir. Well, uh, I guess we should start where we kind of left off last night. And, you know, we made the, the comment of, I thought this was going to be a fun baseball game. I, I know maybe for Ole Miss fans, at, at times it was stressful. But the things that the thing that I was really looking forward to is Nolan and Delusia to me just remind me uh, of – of similar guys like they're just competitors and you know much like last night i thought john gaddis was really good i thought connor nolan was really good tonight but i mean holy hell dylan delucia uh we said we didn't know if anyone would have their a stuff and be sharp if that one guy did it felt like that was the team that was going to punch their ticket into the championship series and dylan delucia had more than his a stuff I mean, he, it was just unbelievable. It's it was really. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've been saying this a couple of times. I mean, Connor Nolan was very, very good. Uh, he gives up a single run in the fourth, a single run in the seventh. Um, you know, pitching on short rest. I mean, you would. Yeah, I think if you had offered that to Dave Van Horn before the game, he would have said, "Sign me up." And um, Delucia started a little slow. Arkansas had a couple on in this first inning. The slider wasn't super sharp, and then about the second inning, he kicked into gear and. Had them, 
had them completely off um had them completely off balance throughout the game. He was throwing three pitches for strikes. It was a big strike zone for both teams. That umpire had a big zone. Both pitchers took advantage of it. Uh, he just kept Arkansas completely off balance. They hit a couple of balls hard. They made a couple of good plays. Graham made a really good play out in left field. He ran into trouble in the seventh, I think. Arkansas got a couple on with two outs. Yes, that was the seventh. Bianco came out to see him, um, stuck with him, and he had Slavens at the plate, who just the night earlier hit the the, the longest home run in the history of that ballpark, and he got him to uh, ground out to second. Peyton Chatney made a nice play. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know the rest. I mean, and then he just completely settled in in the, in the eighth and the ninth, and there was no drama at all after that. He just – he was just I, dealing. And, he, you know, you sent me a text, so you, sh- you have to take him out, right? And, and you're – conventionally, you're like, yeah, fourth time through the lineup, sure. But I was like, no. I mean, he's got that look, and, and I, I, th- I, think, I think at that point he'd earned the right – to try to finish that game. I, I think if, if Arkansas had gotten a guy on or maybe two guys on in the ninth, you go make a move. But the way he was pitching, why in the world would you do Arkansas a favor and take him out? Yeah, the only thing I was thinking was starting kind of in the seventh and eighth inning, the counts kept getting up. And, and to yeah. me, I didn't really feel like – I didn't feel like he had his command. But, uh, you know, credit to Mike for knowing – Hey, this is the guy that got me here, and can probably also reasonably make the case. Hey, man, I you know who knows what the future holds in terms of whether or not. I'm sure the first question is going to be, "What well, does this mean? He's he's done for the tournament." I I don't, you know, in push came to shove. I don't see Dylan Delucia saying I can't take the ball. I see him demanding the ball, but I mean we're a long way from that. But the bigger point is, yes, while Ole Miss did not get to the championship series with their number one and number two starters. Other than that, Neil, that bullpen's fresh. Yeah. Mallets has been a weapon. Johnson, you know, had, had kind of a scratchy, you know, a scratchy performance the other night, but his fastball looked good. And, you know, as Chase mentioned, when sometimes when you're a closer and you come in with a big lead, sometimes it's a little more difficult to pitch. But, you know, the biggest thing with Delucia is he had three different instances. So he had, he uh, sent. He retired nine straight. Uh, sprinkled in, I think, the like kind of like a seeing eye single in there. Then retired another nine straight. Then we had the seventh inning, kind of little, you know. And neither one of those balls were really hit that hard. And then he retires seven straight to close the game. Uh, an Arkansas runner didn't get past third base. I mean, we're talking about given the magnitude of the moment, given the stage. And that's one of the finest performances in Ole Miss sports history. Yeah, I can't argue with the word of that. Uh, it, it, it's I'm, you know, we've always talked about the Pomeran start. Um, yep, this it was 2009. By the way, I, I misspoke. I forgot it was a sophomore year. This was better. This was this was. I mean, you know, given the stakes, I mean, look, this was a national semifinal game. Um, you know. Arkansas had beaten Ole Miss last night to force a, a single elimination game. It was a national semifinal game. And um, to pitch that way, short rest or not, but throw in the short rest part of it, throw in the fact that the guy on the other side was as good as he was, you know, because, I mean, if, if if he's not sharp, you look at the way that, that Nolan pitched, you'd be in trouble. And to just dominate that way was just remarkable. 
And I mean, another thing to me, you know, we, we talked about it when you have when you have two teams that are I think we can safely say at this point, Neil, they played six times and I think each team's won three. And, and I would you know, I think Ole Miss technically has the aggregate score because of the blowout win. But these two teams are pretty darn evenly matched. And much like last night, I, I just I don't. I, you know, I'm not even trying to be like, you know, high and mighty, but I really am a, just a massive believer of players make plays. Kevin Graham, who, you know, had a miserable night last night, rips that ball down the line with two outs. And it looked like, you know, Ole Miss was going to squander an opportunity kind of like they did last night. And the fact that Ole Miss was able to get the lead, I just feel like that, you know, so much for this team is momentum. And when they get going, they get going because they don't really panic. But it's almost like once they get the lead, it just starts to build on each other. And, you know, they didn't play a perfect game. You know, if they're going to win a national title, I think they need better play out of, the, out, of, out of their shortstop. I just, I do. But, you know, Ole Miss is now 25-7 and seven when scoring first. And I, I, I don't think that's a coincidence. No, I don't either. Yeah, and Gonzalez has had a tough um, College World Series. He hadn't played particularly well. Um. Elko hasn't given him a lot. Gave him something tonight. I mean, he he got on and and I think ultimately scored a run or drove in a run. I can't remember exactly. Um, I think he scored a run. Graham Graham got him in. Um, yes. Yeah. He was on second. He was on second in the first inning, and then Graham ripped the ball down the line. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, the ball that went off Stovall's glove. I mean, yeah. Game of game of inches right there. But um, if you're spin forward just a little bit. You just saw that. I'm assuming you would go with with Elliot on Saturday, even though he's on fairly short rest. He went Monday, so he'd have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. He'd have four full days rest. I mean, basically, I think he he will be in the same scenario that Delusia was in tonight. Yeah, someone in the threads asking the question that I'm I, I was trying to kind of formulate in my mind. Do you even contemplate the idea of we have a fresh mallets? You have a fresh. I I I'm I'm with you. I, I and give I, him that extra day, because you can't go. You're, look, if if you go to Delusia, you're not going to Delusia until Monday. That's that's impossible that he could go before that. So you're going to have to win your Hunter Elliott game. Don't you want to maximize your chance there by giving him as much rest as you can? I personally would, but if you're, I guess that's two questions. What do I think will happen, and what what would I do? Yeah, Mike's gonna throw Elliot on Saturday. Yeah, that's what I think too. I just, yeah, and and look, I I know nothing about you know now, and and honestly, there is so. Here is the one thing that I would probably, I'm there's a game where I'm starting, and I'm seeing how far I can go, and then after that, I'm handing the ball to Johnson, and I'm seeing how far. I can that I'm piecemealing it because you're going to have to have a game. You're going to have to have a game where you do it like that. And I just, you know, in, in the end, I, I I expect Mike's going to start that game. And there's something to be said. You know, if you get a one, you know, if you can get the first one, <laughs> then all you got to do is get figure out a way to get one of the next two. And sure. so piecemeal it that way. But I think. I actually think there's some some logic to it, but I just I guess in the end I don't think Mike's going to do that. Have you watched enough of Oklahoma to even have anything resembling a scouting report? I haven't. I've watched them 
I guess I watched, watched the. We, I the feel like both of us watched a good bit of that Florida series. Yeah, and I don't know. The thing that stands out to me is like if you just sw- like I swear to God, if you just switch jerseys, you wouldn't know. Like the teams are very very similar. Yeah, they, I, I watched. Both, I mean, that's the thing. You know, Ole Miss is. This is my question: Have Ole Miss's bats gone cold, or did they have the unfortunate reality of playing their side of the college world series against conference opponents that's what so, it was no yeah I, I think it's that look auburn auburn's a very good team he's a very good coach and arkansas is a very good team very good coach arkansas finishes the season with what 46 wins i mean people just don't do that bad teams don't win 46 games and and so they've played ole miss a lot that was arkansas's sixth time to play ole miss they've scouted the hitters they know how to get the hitters out. They've pitched to them, um, you know, and they're good. Look, give Arkansas a ton of credit over the last two days. They played really good baseball. They held Ole Miss in eighteen innings to four runs. Yeah, I mean that's it. Pitched. You don't do that without pitching well. So no, I I, I think things will open up a little bit when you play a, a team that hasn't seen you before. Um, I think I think I think I, I think uh, season. Yeah, I, I think the fact that you've just played. You know, look, Ole Miss hit Miami. I mean, not Miami. They, they hit Arizona. They hit Southern Miss. You know, when you face teams that know you, that have scouting, that have watched you all year, that have sent coaches out for advanced scouting, that have pretty detailed reports, you know, you you have – everybody's got weaknesses. Everybody's got holes in their swing or holes in their game at the college level. And, and, and if you execute pitches, you can take advantage of that. Look at today. I mean – Ole Miss had a very comprehensive scouting report on Arkansas, and as long as you execute that, those uh, those pitches, you can get those guys out, and uh, they did. I mean, that's a good that's a good Arkansas lineup that that he shut down. So, I think it's I think, that. I think it's that more than it is anything else. I don't think it's that guys are in like slumps or something. Yeah, I I, I tend to believe with you because in baseball, when you start to have familiarity, that that's what you see. I kind of wanted to go back though to something you mentioned earlier about Delusia. I almost think it was important that I, I think it was big in terms of how the, the the start went that he didn't have that slider early because for for better or worse, there's nothing Mike Bianco loves more than calling a slider. I think the fact that his slider wasn't good, it showed you how good his fastball was today. Yeah. I mean, how many times did you just see guys? It was either the... And, you know, when you've ever been in the box and you got that guy that not only throws hard, but he throws hard with late life and it moves. Yep. They just didn't get the barrel on very much. And, you know, they were getting sawed off. Like, you know, they there's nothing worse than that two-seamer in where you finish with, like, kind of the half swing. Like, it's, it's almost like you're, like, in between a baseball swing and a golf swing. Like that. And I just felt like it was probably important for him to maybe not be super sharp with the breaking stuff. And then once he started dominating with the fastball, well, then he got a little more comfortable with the breaking stuff. And, I mean, it was just – it was masterful, man. I mean, yeah. what, a, what a – Had he been pitching to wood bats, he'd have broken a few yeah. today. Oh, God. Yeah, How many broken sure. bats? I mean, that? five or six at least. Yeah, he, he was he was just on. Yeah, I mean, you know, and he didn't work a lot of three-ball counts. He stayed ahead. Um they were aggressive against him because they didn't want to get late in the count and see that slider, and, and he took advantage of that with his fastball, and he, he he located well, got a lot of weak contact, 
And then a few times when Arkansas hit it hard, they, they hit Adam balls. Ole Miss hit some of those too. Again, I mean, I feel like a broken record. Uh, both teams pitched really, really well. Dylan Delusia just pitched great. There was a, you know, I mean. I guess what I'm struggling with is, like, what was the most, like, the thing that makes this performance so amazing is, if I sit there and ask you what was the most impressive thing to you, like, I feel like we could have five different things. Neil, he didn't walk anybody. Yeah, he didn't walk. Neither team walked anybody the whole game, um, That's which is one of the shout reasons. Out, shout out to the strikes. Yeah, that was a big zone. Um, <laughs> it was a big zone. <laughs> I mean, he, he was, you know, I both, both, both dugouts probably were a little worked up at times. But I think what impressed me the most is given how deflated that team was last night. You couldn't help but go to bed last night thinking, you know, they might have blown their opportunity. Oh, uh, sure. You know, and and to to come out and and to well. And by the way, before before you go on, I believe the the numbers bear it out. When the two and O team loses, I, I didn't see like the final number. When the two and O team loses, they had a sub five hundred record in game in the next game. You know, in the elimination sure, game. Sure, because you're you're playing a team that's that's on a hot streak. I mean, there's a reason Arkansas wore gray today. They were like, hey, we're we're on a roll. Let's we're winning in gray. Let's keep wearing it. Um, you know, again, I just think there was no more. He did. He had very little margin for error. Um, you know, Ole Miss didn't score till the fourth. They only got one run. I mean, you know, he gives up a bloop and a blast and you're in trouble. And he just, I think what strikes me is just how perfect he was. He he just did not make mistakes. He, he, he didn't, he didn't, he, like you said, he didn't issue walks. He didn't allow Arkansas to to pressure him, but a couple of times, I guess they had two on in the first, the two on in the seventh that we mentioned. But other than that, he just kept the bases clean. He just let his guys play behind him, and he was fantastic. It was a game that, no matter what happens in this championship series, it's a game that people will be talking about for for a long, long time. I mean, four hits, and did any of them? Like, I don't, I don't feel like any of them were hit hard. Like, I felt like every single one of them was either kind of a ground ball through the hole or, like... Yeah, like, no, the, the the hardest balls they hit, the hardest ball they hit the entire the game was... The one to left field Yeah, the Graham made a good play. Uh, uh, Graham made a good play. I and think I that was more that, that hit that. I think that was kind of, you know, whether or not you want to believe it. I thought that was a good omen because he's had a tough time in left field. Uh, you know, and maybe the game starting a little bit earlier made it easier. But, you know, that was a really, really tough play, and he made it. And it felt like... It just felt like for most of the game, even though I think Ole Miss made a couple of, you know, they had a couple of mistakes defensively, but man, when they had to make plays, I was just so impressed. For sure. Hey, I appreciate you doing this all week. Uh, we'll look forward to talking to you on Saturday night. All right. It's uh, Big Jeff's birthday, so uh, bet accordingly. It's Big Jeff's birthday, and uh, everyone's <laughs> going over to the house to watch the Rebels. We will uh, We'll look forward to talking to you. Happy birthday to your dad. All right. Thanks, Neil. See you, man. That was Jeffrey Wright. Appreciate him doing this all week long. We'll do it again at least two more times. Going to get uh, Brian on now. What's up? Brian, thanks for uh, joining. You you and I were talking about it. You thought you'd have plenty of time to get back to the house. This game was like two hours and nine minutes, I think is what I read just a minute ago. Um, 
a pitching masterpiece. Both pitchers pitched well. One pitched incredibly. Uh, what were your thoughts on Dylan DeLucia, and what are your takeaways? Yeah, that was one of the most unreal pitching performances I've I've really seen by I mean, considering the stage by anyone at any level. And you're right, Connor Nolan was really good today too, but Dylan DeLucia was just like beyond human. I think I mean he allowed four hits. Two of those were kind of dribblers in the infield. I don't really remember the other two. There wasn't a whole lot of hard contact. I mean, Neil, if I'm not mistaken, I believe two guys passed first base today. Two with that everything on the line, that was yeah. it was almost like watching a guy having an out of body experience. Because even when he missed today, the big strike zone aside, they were purposeful misses. You didn't see a whole lot of pitches sail or spike in the dirt. He was about as locked in as you could possibly be. Yeah, Arkansas got runners on second base twice. Never never got a runner to third. Got runners to second twice. Um he never looked tired. He never looked he never gets rattled. Neither guy got rattled, in, in fairness to Nolan. Um, he just – he was masterful. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of having a hard time coming up with, with new words here. Um, you knew this was going to be a really good game. You and I talked about it. You knew it would be a good game. You knew these were two proud programs, two good teams, really good teams. You knew what was coming. I I, I didn't think we'd get this, though. I, I I'll be honest. I thought both guys would wear out and that this would turn into a little bit of a bullpen game and that this was going to be more of a 7-6 to six game. I would have never believed 2 to nothing. I wouldn't have either. I thought maybe six runs could win this game for Ole Miss today as I thought about things last night. But I didn't think two would come remotely close. But in a, in a way, as unexpected as it may have been given the short rest and everything else, isn't it kind of fitting? I mean, how many times has he de- – delivered Ole Miss a start like that when they needed it most this year. And not even just the quality outing. It's the way it unfolded. Going back for the encore inning to kind of finish his work, you know, north of 100 pitches. Mike was pretty comfortable allowing him to do that early on. Hell, a lot of times they needed it to save the bullpen for the rest of whatever series they were in. And that looked exactly like that. It was just on a much bigger stage. And, you know, once he left in the eighth, I didn't really have any doubt he was coming back out in the ninth. It was just kind of assumed, which is kind of crazy to think about a guy who'd pitched eight shutout innings and was over 100 pitches. Yeah, you're right. Um, although, I, <laughs> the way he looked in the dugout, I think if Mike had tried to pull him, there might have been an altercation. I mean, I, I, I don't think... <laughs> I don't think he was going to give. I don't think he was going to give the ball up voluntarily. I think they were. I think if Arkansas had gotten a runner on, maybe two runners on, that would have been a different thing in the ninth, and you know that we would have come and gotten him. But I can't imagine having to go up to Dylan Delusha the way he was pitching and go, "Hey, we're going to go to the bullpen." And frankly, and no offense to uh, Mallets or Johnson, why? And I asked Jeffrey this: Why in the world would you do that favor to Arkansas? Because the last thing, the first thing they would love in, in that game is, "Hey, get him out." Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and most of their harder contact came on balls that were outs, and they came earlier in the game. There was a stretch there in the third and fourth innings as Arkansas was turning over uh, the lineup for the first time that they started making some more solid contact. Ole Miss got fortunate that a couple balls were hit right at guys or sailed a little bit on balls in the outfield. Kevin Graham made a nice play. Calvin Harris made a nice play. But from the fifth, sixth inning on, there wasn't a ton of hard contact. They they seemed to struggle worse the third and fourth time through picking up on you know whether it was the two seamer or the backdoor slider to left-handers it was just 
they really had no answers, and it it almost seemed like it digressed in terms of their ability to see him uh, throughout the course of the game. And obviously, usually it's the opposite. It's, I mean, you said it a second ago. It, it, I'm running out of words to describe it. I mean, that was that was masterful. Have you watched enough Oklahoma this season to be able to even do anything resembling a scouting report on them or what you sort of expect? I mean, I've watched a lot of SEC basketball, but I, I didn't watch the Sooners until the tournament. I watched them some in the Florida Regional. I did watch some of their Super Regional against Virginia Tech, and I've seen them some. I watched them – I actually watched a decent amount of their game against Texas A&M, but I don't feel like I've got a big enough body of – of uh, what, what am I, I guess tape, if you will, to – talk about what kind of team they are they're obviously hot they're obviously good any idea how they kind of match up I'm in the same boat as you I I didn't watch much of Oklahoma this year I caught a little bit of I forgot who they played on Thursday of the Big 12 tournament maybe and beyond that it was just what I saw in the regional and the uh, super regional but here at the Rippy Wrights Film Laboratory we'll do some great (laughs) YouTubing and try to figure it out as best we can but uh, I'm kind of in the same boat. It doesn't seem like a team that's going to overwhelm you starting pitching-wise, which I think will probably play into a bigger advantage that they're kind of being able to set it um, the way they want to and being fully rested, whereas yeah. Ole Miss had to play the extra game. Um, really hot offense, and really beyond that, I, I don't know. I'm kind of looking forward to learning more. But um, The shortstop I mean, for them, number 20, I, I love his game. Um, he's Every time you look up, he's on base. I, I can't remember the last time he wasn't on base. Every time I look up in an Oklahoma game, he's like standing on second base. Um, really good player. They've they've had a they've had a hot finish to their season. They won the Big Twelve tournament. Obviously, they're undefeated in the College World Series. Uh, should be a lot of fun. They they've got a couple starters who throw hard, a couple of aces, kind of like Ole Miss does. Which speaking of, let's get into this. I want to get your thoughts on if you're if you're Mike Bianco. How do you set up your pitching rotation for this, knowing that if you have DeLucia, you don't have him realistically until Monday? I feel a little bit better about my answer once I kind of figure out where Oklahoma's at and what they're going to throw. But I think you just have to go with Elliott game one, don't you? I, I would just want my best opportunity. If you know at, at, at best you're going to get DeLucia for a game three, and that's coming off him throwing 118 pitches or what he did, and that'll be his third outing in nine days or so. And you saw that a couple times in the regular season with mixed results, but he definitely looked a little bit flatter in that outing against A&M um, after he kind of had the rain-bridged start against LSU. And so with all that said, I think you probably go Elliott game one. I guess it wouldn't stun me if Mike went with the Gaddis or a Washburn or I guess Derek Diamond would probably surprise me. But I think you just go with Elliott game one. And then at that point, they've been almost, not almost unbeatable, but really damn good when he's on the mound. And I would just feel better about going with him in game one and just having two shots to figure it out. Because you also got to kind of see where Delusia's at. I don't think there's any doubt that you see him again. I don't think there's much doubt that he starts if it comes to a game three. But with that kind of workload, I'd just like to see where he's at in two days. That's kind of my point. I mean, I I know he's going to want to pitch, but realistically, he's not going Saturday realistically he's not going sunday realistically he's he's if he's starting he's going on monday because that would be three days rest after 113 pitches today on short rest you're starting to ask a lot of that slider at that point the question would be do you give elliot an extra day and start him on a game two 
and see if you can Johnny Holstaff and steal a game one and maybe try to end it on game two. Yeah, I think that's the real question. And I'm curious to see what Bianco does there. Uh, where do you fall on that? I just would the, the <sighs> days rest aside, I'm just going Elliot. I mean it's it's five versus I, I don't know enough about him. Like, you know, I I mean obviously he's a tough kid and he wants to pitch and I, I don't know enough about him in terms of what has he looked like in the past, if he's ever pitched on short rest. Is he as sharp? Um, you know, is he as in command? How much how much does the extra day of rest help him? Um, those are things that I'm sure they have a pretty good feel for. I obviously I'm not around them, so I don't. Um, you know, you just I'm like you though, you see you see um Washburn and um Darty and Gaddis, and you know that you have Mallets and you know that you have Johnson held the whole damn bullpen's completely fresh now, which is remarkable. Um you know, you think about it. Right, if 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 you thought that Elliot would be sharper on Sunday than he would be on Saturday because of the extra day of rest, you'd think about going Johnny Holstaff because you're going to have to go Johnny Holstaff one of the two days, Brian. Yeah, Dylan Delush is not pitching Saturday and he's not pitching Sunday, so you're going to have to do the Holstaff thing one game or the other. And if your goal is to get it to Delusha on Monday, then you have to win one of the two games. If you win two, obviously, congratulations, you pop the champagne but if if you know you're going to pitch a game three it means you got to win a, one of the first two and so Elliot's your best bet I want him at his optimal whatever that is yep I'm I'm with you there does that I mean, make I, sense I, I, like there's no difference but there's no difference between winning game one and losing game two than there is losing game one and winning game two it's the same thing right no I mean exactly I mean it's just finding a way to win two and probably some of that will have to do with what Oklahoma runs out um, I don't. I mean, I'm sure they can kind of like fix that where they want to, but I'd be curious if their Friday night guy will start game one or game two based on who pitched on. I guess that would have been Wednesday for them. So I, I don't know. I probably lean just going ahead because whatever Elliot is on short rest is that better than what you'll have with between the Johnny Holstaff? Because I don't think it necessarily matters that Gaddis and Washburn pitch, particularly not Washburn, on Wednesday. Um, but Gaddis did go five innings. And so if he's in your plans of the Johnny Holstaff, it does rest factor in with him at all. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's a lot to weigh. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a big decision. Hell, it's a great decision to be able to make, though. What does it mean for the program to be in the spot? Oh, I, this just almost feels like a Mike Bianco validation vindication, whatever word you want to use for a tour. I mean, this is, he's put together championship level teams through the years. They just haven't achieved the desired result through the postseason. And so, you know, in terms of the future, I don't know exactly what this means. I'd like to think the law of averages eventually plays out with this Ole Miss baseball program and they have more frequent visits to the College World Series because they've continuously knocked on the door. I mean, you think about from 2014 on, they've made what? One, two, three, four supers over that time span. You hosted uh, one, two, three, four regionals. I guess that may have the count wrong there, but they've been knocking on the door, and this finally feels like you know validation of, of what Mike Bianco's built as a program. And so I, I don't know what it means because they were already kind of right there on the doorstep of it. This is just the first team to finally break through and, and get there. I know the 14 team got there, but this felt like the first team with aspirations of winning it once they got there. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, they're they're now two wins away from being national champs. I mean, you, it, you, it's hard to get a lot closer than this. I mean, this is this goes far beyond enjoying the, getting to Omaha. Before the season, it was Omaha or bust. Well, they met that requirement, and and now it feels like you're right there. I mean, as hot as any team in the country, Ole Miss has now won. I guess they won what three, five. They've won eight of their last nine games. I mean, they're 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 super hot. The loss, I didn't even realize this when the interview with Mike where they said this was the first time they lost a, a game in almost a month. I was like, oh, that's about right, isn't it? And when they lost uh, to Arkansas last night, it was the first time they lost in like three weeks, three and a half weeks. Really remarkable. Yeah, I mean, it, it's incredible, it's really, what, isn't it? the Vanderbilt it? game? Yeah, since the Vanderbilt game, they had not lost a game uh, until last night. That's why I was. I thought what was so big about today for Ole Miss was you know that loss was tough. You know that loss was um, had you questioning a little bit. Hey, are we? Are we? Are, has our not luck, but has our good fortune run out? And you go out and and you play a team that you knew that you were facing their ace. And and look, he was really good. I mean, that's that's what's interesting to me about it all is that you you knew you were going to get a really strong outing from a team that you know is capable of beating you, and and. Um, and and you did, and you were able to overcome it less than twenty four hours after losing a, a a really painful game. And it's really just all the, on the back of Delucia. I mean, look, I didn't think they were great against no one today. I thought they did just enough to apply just enough pressure. Yeah. They they didn't have a ton of good swings off of him today as well. I mean, this you'd have been talking about this game in the exact same light as we were talking about, or some people were talking about last night at Arkansas just cracked Delucia at all, but he really never allowed them to even, I mean, flirt with it aside from the two singles he allowed with two outs in the first inning. After that, over the final eight innings of the game, they didn't even really scare scoring a run. I mean, they didn't come close to running into one over the fence. It's it's remarkable. I mean, he's kind of the start and end of this story today because, like I said, I mean, if, if, if he's somewhat human, we're probably talking about this game very differently. We're probably talking about what happened to the offense. Yeah, well, I think you'd be talking about Connor Nolan. I mean, that's that's my point. I mean, he was – I thought he was terrific. Uh, you know, I mean, Delucia was just better, a lot better. He he was dominant. He didn't he didn't make a mistake. And, you know, as, as crazy as it is, I mean, Ole Miss's first run, it was a hit. It was a well – it, it would have been a difficult play, but a ball kind of just got underneath uh, Robert Moore's glove. They got that run in. Uh, in the seventh, they got a man on. They were able to, to – uh, String some hits together, score a run. I know they they kind of ran themselves out of potentially a big inning with the second out at second base, but they were when they did have opportunities, they took advantage of them because they didn't have too many opportunities. There was you know there was not a lot of traffic on the bases for Ole Miss either. And another part about it, I know we discussed this a little bit last night when we talked about will they come out flat, will they come out tight, whatever like narrative you would want to kind of put out there it was none of that I didn't think I thought they played you know decently well in the field Arkansas was unbelievable in the field by the way I mean that was that was probably going to be the difference in the game had a couple balls bounce the other way but neither here nor there I mean I thought they came out with great energy despite the lack of success at the plate and it it just really all falls in line with how the season's gone Delucia has injected that into them time and time again when they were really reeling after that Tennessee series they didn't have a great offensive performance that Friday night at Kentucky, and he was just kind of heroic and lifted them to a win when they needed it. And, you know, 
you could point out four or five other examples throughout the season. I, I thought, you know, if there was a chance that they were going to get frustrated and become a little bit lethargic, whatever he shoots into them was definitely going to prevent that from happening. And I, I thought that a little bit of that was on display today because did you see how fired up they were playing behind them? It was, it was, it was something to watch. Yeah. He, well, he works fast. Um, he took advantage of, of both guys did of the big zone. And when that happens, you, you're on your toes, right? Because you know, hitters have to swing. No walks distributed today. I can't remember the last time I walked, watched a college baseball game that no one walked. That's probably why it lasted two hours. I, for the one game that I would prefer not to last two hours, so I kind of gotten in with a little bit more time. I'm sitting there in the eighth inning. I was like, do I stay here at my desk? This is unbelievable. <laughs> I thought I'd have been home in the sixth. Yeah, I mean, it was, well, I mean, there were so many, so many innings that, uh, so many frames were less than 10 pitches. Like, you know, there was one frame, it was one inning, and I can't remember which one, but like, Ole Miss saw seven pitches and Arkansas saw six. It's like a 13-pitch inning. The whole inning, not the frame of an inning, not a half of an inning, the whole inning. I mean, guys were up there. I think after a few innings, you realized as a hitter for both teams, you realized, hey, if it's close, it's a strike. I've got to be swinging. And and they were. And then that's where Delucia was so good. Because if, you know, look, if, if, if they're going to be that aggressive and your slider is not sharp – and you're not commanding the fastball, you leave something center cut, and you only have a run or two for, for leverage, uh, in terms of, uh, not leverage, that's not the right word, uh, in terms of just kind of margin for error, that thing could turn on you in a hurry. And he he was perfect. He had no He had no room to make a mistake, and he, by God, didn't make one. In nine innings on short rest in a national semifinal game. Remarkable. As a man who was watching the clock trying to figure out how I was going to make all of this happen, at 4.08, the bottom of the fifth inning started, and at 4.29, the bottom of the sixth inning ended. It, it, it was been. unbelievable. But he honestly, honestly coaxed. Like he, in a way, he used their aggression to his advantage. He challenged them in such optimal spots of the strike zone and took advantage of it being a bigger strike zone that the first pitch – you know, how, much, how much soft contact did he get on first and second pitch outs by just yeah. challenging them enough, making them swing, but it being a good pitch and them not being able to barrel it up? It was, it was, it was awesome. I mean, it was, it was whatever adjective you want to use. It was brilliant. Uh, Brian, as always, I really appreciate your time. You do, appreciate you doing this all week. I look forward to talking to you on Saturday night after game one. Sounds good, Neil. Have a good one. Okay, my man. Bye. I have not heard from Chase yet, so we'll get to him in a little bit. It's uh, 6.06. We've been going about 50, a little over 50 minutes, so he's probably still doing some press conference stuff. I don't know how much he had already written. I'm guessing he had some written. Um, I'll try to ask that. Doors Rules wants to know if, if Delusia's gone after this season. I, I mean, I would think so at this point, right? The fact that he's pitched as well as he has, raised his stake, his his stakes as well as he has, his his stock, I should say. I would I would think I would think he's gonna be drafted at a point where he would he'd have to seriously contemplate leaving. Um so what we'll do is uh while we wait for Chase, I'll I'll take some calls. Um I said this at the beginning, the NBA draft is in an hour, so I'm probably going to get distracted here in about 53 minutes. So 
I probably should take some calls while I'm not distracted. Um, all right, there's the number. Thanks to Jay Robertson for the uh, super chat there. I missed a couple here earlier. I want to make sure that I thank those people that did. Uh, Terry Cox says, thanks for everything you do. Appreciate you, Terry, very much. Um, Justin says, here's three gallons of gas for the way back. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Will $20 even buy three gallons? It'll, it'll almost buy four gallons. Might even buy four gallons, depending on where you stop. So thanks to all you guys for the super chats. That's uh, really cool. The number is there. I need to open up uh, my Skype. I'll be honest here. I've worked on the Echo. I don't know that it's completely fixed. I don't know that I know how to completely fix it. So um, I apologize in advance. I've tried to fix it, but I'm not sure it's completely fixable. Hey, who do we have? Hey, it's John from Oxford. Hey, John. Neil, uh, yes. when this draft is over, I'm going to pick you up on the way through. We're going to Tunica because you have predicted every single bit of this tournament, and we're going to go ride it out the rest of the night in Tunica. How about <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I felt all day yesterday that, that Arkansas was going to win a close game. Um, and I, I thought today was going to be a super close game. I, I, but the part that I thought, the reason that I thought it never came to fruition, I thought it was because Ole Miss would have the better bullpen. And turns out, turns out bull, bullpens were hardly involved. Uh, the, the, Taylor kid, the, the Taylor kid for Arkansas came in and threw the ninth. But other than that, it was the two starters that went the distance. And I, didn't, I did not see that coming. I didn't either. And when they build that statue of Elko, it better have one towering over him of Delusia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that the was... Greatest, by far the greatest pitching performance in Ole Miss history. By yeah, far. I takes agree. the Pomerantz out of it, takes all of it out of yeah, it. Yeah, I agree completely. It was, it, was, uh, it was an amazing performance. And I, I, I'm out of it. Who, uh, who are you looking to go number one? Did you lay any odds on your NBA draft? I'm not a big NBA guy. Uh, Jabari, follow the draft J- Jabari Smith from Auburn is going to go number one. Um, I think Chet, Chet Holmgren from uh, Gonzaga is going to go number two to the Thunder. And then Paolo Boncaro is going to go number three from Duke. He's going to go to Houston. And then uh, the draft really probably starts at number four because Sacramento's there and they're they're unpredictable. Um, and and – Frankly, Jaden Ivey doesn't want to play there, and he's not a particularly good fit there, right. so there's no telling what's going to happen starting at four. All right, well, we just pissed like 500 people off in the last five seconds talking about that. But they can get over it. They'll get over they it, John. get over it. They will. <laughs> hey, have a good night once again. Appreciate what y'all do. Thanks, John. Appreciate you. All right. Bye. 662-2590. I'm not even sure what the damn number is at this point. I mean – Pull it up. There it is. I'll take a call. Hey, who do we have? Hey, who do we have? This is Jason. Hey, Jason, what's up? Man, it, I'm, I'm just trying to call in to get on the, the, the post-game show and discuss how dominant Delusia was today. You're on. Go for it. All right. So, 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 so here's the thing. I watch baseball. I'm 46 years old. I watched Ole Miss baseball the entire Mike era. That was the best performance that I've ever seen. He doesn't have major league stuff, but Alicia is a bulldog, and he just competes. And 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 to be where we're at right now is just is it, unreal. Um, I still think uh, in the opening game 
in in the championship series. We don't go with Elliott. I think that we utilize our bullpen. We go to McDaniel. We let him get us three innings. If he can get us three innings, then we go to our bullpen. And uh, that gives us the best chance to win. But win or lose, I'm so proud of this team and how how much they fall. I'm going to hang up right now, and I'm going to, you know, just let you discuss it. I appreciate how much you do for Ole Miss. You and Chase and your coverage is unbelievable. Appreciate that, Jason. Thank you very much. Yeah, Chase is going to be ready in just a few minutes. I'll ask him what he thinks about strategy moving forward. You know, this, the whole the, the thing is you you got to win two games. Doesn't matter whether you win game one or game two, game two or game three. It's you got to win two games. I would just pitch Elliott whenever Elliott is at his freshest. And if that's on Saturday, great. If it's not, I'll wait till Sunday. Hey, who do we have? Hey, Neil, it's Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey, uh, I just want to echo what I think the caller before before said that you know this surpasses Drew as the best pitch game in Ole Miss history by a long shot. And I, I'm even going to argue that this half season from Delusia, uh, it may put him as the most beloved pitcher in Ole Miss history. I mean, obviously, we still got a little bit, little bit of the season left to go that could, that could even sway that some more. But you know, it's, uh, my question, Neil. My, I'm sorry. Hey, Neil, I'm just going to ask this, and then I'll get off and listen. Okay. Um, hypothetically, let's say we're uh, Monday afternoon. We're getting ready for a game three, and Dylan comes to Mike and says, "Give me the ball. I'm starting this game." What? From your experience watching, you know, all the baseball you've seen, what what, what is even possible for some for us to expect that that, that kid could do on Monday? I, I know we're putting the cart way in front of the horse, but I just wanted to throw that out there and get you. Yeah, uh, you know, at this point, who's who's counting against him? I mean, the the question you would have is is you know how sharp would he be? How does he feel? How sharp can his slider be? That was the concern today. Turned out to not be a valid concern because he was very good. Um, you know, it, it's back-to-back short rest. But by Monday, the adrenaline and all that stuff, he probably would be fine. The, the key with him is that he's probably going to ask for the ball on Sunday. And you, 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 you that's not realistic probably. Yeah. You know, after 113 yeah. pitches in the heat, uh, you know, a lot of high-stress yeah. pitches. Because that game, look, I mean, in the seventh inning, that game is, you know, the go-ahead runs in the batter's box. And and Absolutely. so you know there was there was there was some tension there. So I you know I I think you you you've got to you've got to figure out a way to get to Monday to get him the ball. Agreed. And the last the last thing I just want to add is I've given Mike I know not just me I've given Mike grief all season on pushing the buttons from a pitching standpoint. He hasn't pushed a wrong button since we got off the bus in Omaha. It's, it's just been a clinic on how to manage his pitching staff, and I want to give him all the credit in the world for that. Yeah, he's been great. I mean, listen, they're they're two wins from a, from a, a national championship. It's either going to be them or Oklahoma, and nobody else. So, it's a hell of an accomplishment. Thanks, Neil. I always like hearing y'all stuff. Appreciate you, Jim. Uh, let's see. Want to go here? Thanks to uh, John for the um, the super chat. It says Rebel Grove needs to increase their prices for you guys. Yeah, hey man, inflation affects everything except a uh, a rival subscription. Thanks to Stephen Downs, thanks Neil and Chase, great coverage, appreciate that. Uh, thanks to Stephen earlier as well. Um, 
Appreciate all you guys. I'm going to get Chase on now. He's ready to go. So I'm going to get to Chase while he's uh, available. Then we'll come back and, and take a few calls. Um, let's see. Getting to him now on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Neil. Chase, how are you? I'm good. I'm standing in a stairwell right now, so hopefully everybody can hear me. It's not going to be too loud as people come barreling through. There is a lot of commotion in the press box, a lot of people just kind of milling about. So where it's been uh, at night in the past, as I've been talking to you, that was not possible. So we're going to stand in the stairwell. We're going to do this thing uh, as a, uh, yeah, wow, Ole Miss, Oklahoma, sometime Saturday, I guess 6 o'clock. Is that right? I have not even looked ahead. Yeah, 6 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 6 o'clock. The Saturday games and after the Sunday games and afternoon game. Um, trying to think even where to start. Dylan Delucia, you've covered Ole Miss baseball for a long time. I'm assuming that you you agree with our callers and the people in our chat who are saying this is the best Ole Miss start in history. Yeah, you know, for 13 years that's been held by Drew Pomerantz. His 2009 two days rest, 16 strikeouts, which is a school record against Western Kentucky to to throw Ole Miss into the Super Regional against Virginia. I mean, it's, you know, in a vacuum, was it more impressive, you know, from a straight stuff standpoint, anything like that. But I tweeted this, Dylan Delucia, he unseated him today. What, what Dylan Delucia did, he's not only pitched the greatest game in Ole Miss school history, he's also put together the best postseason in Ole Miss school history. He throws a shutout against Southern Miss. He beats up Auburn. He wins in, you know, in, in the regional. He does so many different things for Ole Miss's postseason. He caps it today with, Something that I'm struggling, and I'm, I'm, I need to be a little better than this because it's literally my job, to put into complete words when you look at what this means for Ole Miss all the way around. You know, we've talked about how Dylan Delucia had earned the trust of his teammates. He was that guy that had become a Nikhazy type that when he was out there, it elevated everybody. They were all better because Delucia was on the mound. And it's somewhat remarkable considering that he wasn't even pitching in February and March. He wasn't a starter. You know, even after he had that outing against Kentucky, they didn't throw him against you know Alabama the next week. I mean, it's kind of crazy looking at how quickly this resurgence has heard or the surge has happened for him. And today he's on four days rest. Connor Nolan is really sharp, really good for Arkansas. Yeah. He's got to be almost perfect, and he was. He strikes out seven. He doesn't walk anybody. Ground ball, ground ball, ground ball. He has a weird first inning a little bit. There was the one inning where he basically had to get five outs because of some infield defense problems, and he just kept pegging away to the point that Mike Bianco never even checked on him. Mike Bianco did not talk to him after the eighth. He never talked to him after he came out to the mound of the seventh. He knew he wasn't taking him out then, but that's the only time that there was even any communication between the two at that point. So, no, just, you know, phenomenal all the way around. He's currently on pace for a potential College World Series record, too. He hasn't walked anybody this entire College World Series in 16-point innings. The uh, College World Series record for that is Roger Clemens, 17.2 innings in 1983. You know, at some point, if there's a game on Monday, he's going to get the ball then. He goes over 100 pitches, and frankly, he just got better. I don't know that they had a good, you know, hard barrel off of him after Slavens in the fifth inning. I mean, he was just remarkable. It was, it was, it was perfection from the standpoint of using what he had. He, he thought his fastball wasn't there in the early going. He was really relying on sliders. And while he didn't have the huge wipeout slider that he had at the times, he could really pinpoint it. He could throw it across plane. He could throw it for strikes. He was using it in all counts. And then when he sort of found the fastball too, especially the left-handers there late, 
it became a really dominant outing for him at that point. And he was just kind of rolling. I mean, Mike said that he would have gone to Brandon Johnson there in the night that someone needed. I thought it was going to be Mallets, but he said it would have been Johnson. But the way Delusia was throwing, there was uh, there was no need to that. So, yeah, he did it all himself. It was uh, – you're right, it's, it, it's number one, and I don't think anything's even close. I mean, given the magnitude and also given that it was Arkansas, that's been Ole Miss's boogeyman to an extent. You look at 2019, you look at some different things. There was a lot of – we talked about this being Mike Bianco's sort of redemption tour. That was another big, you know, that was another big exorcism there for him to kind of get that, get to this thing. And then it comes full circle. I'll write about this in a little while. I was talking to Mike at the, when he got off the podium, I had a couple more questions. We were just kind of standing there one-on-one chatting for a second. And I got interrupted by John Cohen, the uh, Mississippi State Athletics Director, and who was on the Division One Selection Committee for teams as Ole Miss gets in as the last team. He walks up. Tells Mike that he's uh, he's proud of him. He, you know, congratulations and and wished him luck and told him to go win a championship. So a little bit of a uh, little bit of symmetry there with uh, with Mike and John. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's just such an incredible story. And then to go from to go from the last team in, we talked about seven and fourteen, but the last team in. I mean, they they they, they lost two out of three to Texas A and M. They lose to Vanderbilt. They spend five days. You and I on that Monday morning, you didn't think they were getting in. I didn't think they were getting in. We knew what was probably coming that afternoon. We were preparing for that part of our coverage. If you had stopped time in that moment, I was outside in my yard moving a water sprinkler when I was talking to you. If someone had stopped time at that moment and said, hey, guys, they jumped in on the call and said, hey, guys, they're going to be playing in the National Championship Series this month. I think we both would have been like, you're an absolute idiot. I mean, we wouldn't have believed the baseball gods if they'd stopped and told us. Because in some ways, the craziest part is getting in. Because nobody gave them even a chance. You know, you talk about this, you know, NC State thought they got robbed. Now, look, Ole Miss and NC State deserve to be in above Grand Canyon. They were the team that should not have made the NCAA tournament. But nonetheless, it, it's every step. And then they get in and they say, okay, well, you can only get to the regional if, you, regional if you do it this one way. And Super Regional, you do it this one way. And then the College World Series this one way. Well, they didn't. They got beat yesterday. That was a really emotional team last night after Arkansas knocks them off to force this game. To yeah. the point that I, I sort of, I mean, in a weird way, kind of worried about them because I said that's not a normal reaction after just losing a game and still being alive. I mean, Peyton Chautenier, I believe, was in tears after the game last night. Mike admitted it was going to take a little while to get over it. Mike said today that that was a tougher loss than even he had let on, that the players were really, really down. And somehow they elevated back. They, they they played really good defense for them relative. I mean, Arkansas was phenomenal defensively. And Ole Miss just kept attacking with the bats and finding a way to scratch a couple runs there. Dave Van Horn saying that uh, Kevin Graham is giving him nightmares and he's excited to just simply be done with him. Kevin does have a year remaining, but at this point, it's uh, it's hard to see who or Justin Bench coming back. But nonetheless, they, they got back up. And I think Delusia is a huge reason for that. I think Elko and Graham and the leadership they have is a huge reason for that. And I think the whole day Mike had a good tone. He was he was playing around. He was laughing. He was incredibly loose before the game today, and I think they they shook off they shook off all those cobwebs. And look, Oklahoma's in great shape from a pitching standpoint. You're going to have a storyline with Cade Horton pitching against the team he was committed to at one point, the the freshman for the Sooners. But the way Ole Miss is playing, I mean, Dave Van Horn said it. He goes, "I'm not sure it matters." So let's get to that. Ole Miss and Oklahoma, I'm curious to get your thoughts. Obviously, Dylan DeLucia won't go until Monday. He's not pitching Saturday's game, I don't think. Uh, he's not pitching Sunday's game. So you got to win one of the next two. Um, you know this team a whole lot better than I do. Hunter Elliott, you, got, he, you, you need to win his start. Does he, 
Do you even contemplate Chase going Johnny Holstaff on Saturday to give him the extra day of rest on Sunday? I think it is a. I think it's worth a conversation. I think it's something you have to consider for a couple different reasons. I also don't think that will happen. I think Hunter Elliott will get the ball Saturday. I mean, nobody asked Mike. We got plenty of time for that. There'll sure. be a. Uh, there'll be a press conference tomorrow at eleven. By the way, between the two head coaches, Skip Johnson for Oklahoma and Mike Bianco for Ole Miss. Mike's going to throw Hunter on Saturday. If he doesn't, I'll be shocked. I'll eat the words, and I'll, I'll say I was wrong. But I, he's going to sure. throw him. But I do think it's worth the conversation because a couple of reasons. Hunter has handled things. It's not the normal freshman where he's going to freak out if he's facing an elimination game. At that point, you have to win his start. You've just got to win one of the two. You've got to win one of the two and then try to win game three. And if you happen to win the first two, okay, you're national champions. But Hunter's the one that you have to win. So do, do whatever it is to put him in the best situation. He'll handle Sunday if it's Sunday. He'll handle Saturday if it's Saturday. But, you know, it's where you need him to be honest with you. Hey, how are you feeling? Would one day help? What have we seen in the past? You haven't thrown in a ton of short rest. And even though it's one day, it's going to be a really emotional day one way or the other. All these different things. So, no, look, Ole Miss, the path, I mean, who says, you know, on paper is to win Hunter Elliott's start and win one more. So I think you've got to you check with them. I don't think you even announce a starter before you have to. I mean, Dave Van Horn's kind of shown that. Mike's really – Quick to name starters, Dave wasn't. There's no rush. Figure it out. See how Hunter feels, and and you go from there. Because you're right, you just got to win one of them. You got to win his start, and you got to find another one. So yeah, if he's a little better on Sunday, if you've seen that in the past, you've got some evidence of that because they've had some. You know, you've had some Friday to Sundays, and then Thursday to Friday. You know, Thursday to Saturdays. You've seen Hunter in short. Go back, look at it, check the numbers, and then make a decision. If there's no difference, then you throw him on Saturday. If there is a difference, hold him and throw him game two. He's going to pitch either way. Yeah, because there's no difference at all in losing game one and winning game two or winning game one and losing game two. It's the same damn thing getting to Monday. You know, I mean, I know you have the emotions of whichever game is the win and the emotions of whichever game is the loss, but it's the same thing. I mean, you're you're at this point, right, it feels like <laughs> – correct me if I'm wrong – it feels like you're just trying to get the ball to Dylan DeLucia – I mean, he was he was nails against Auburn. He was phenomenal today against Arkansas. You want the ball in his hands with the series on the line, and 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 unless you can win two in a row, at which point you can just let him sit over there and celebrate. But if you're going to use him, you're not using him until Monday. So you got to make sure you get there. You do, and look, we're back to where last night we said, "Here's the silver lining." You you would have been much better off to win last night. All those things we understand that. But the silver lining was that it wasn't pitching that beat them. They're going to go into Saturday or Sunday or whichever game that Hunter Elliott doesn't pitch, and they're going to feel good about John Gaddis. They're going to feel good about Jack Washburn. They're going to feel good about Mallett's coming in whenever he does. He's fresh. Brandon Johnson just threw the one inning against Arkansas because, frankly, Mike just wanted to get on the mound because they keep winning games without needing him. I mean, Ole Miss is set up really well in the bullpen. They're set up okay, and suddenly guys are throwing better. This part fits Ole Miss pretty well when they don't walk anybody. Gaddis didn't really walk anybody. Washburn was great. Doherty was great last night. I mean, it's okay. I mean, that's the thing about this. You know, they built a park here in Omaha that they thought wouldn't help any certain kind of team. What it does is it absolutely helps you if you don't walk anybody, you don't make errors, you don't hit anybody. If you make them hit, you can run up a lot of outs. You can stay in ball games, and Ole Miss is really good on the back end. So that's that's the goal here. And I think the offense – look, the offense has got to be a little better. I mean, if you really look at, hey, what's got to happen – Oklahoma's really good, number one and number two in that rotation. you got to hit a little better. They're not putting enough quality at bats in. They're not getting on base enough. Now, look, Nolan was good. How much of that, Chase, not, that, not to interrupt you, Chase, how much of that was the fact that you're playing SEC West teams who know you really well and who, if they can execute pitches, they can get you out? It is a factor. I don't know if it's as big of a factor because we have so much technology today. 
You know what I mean? Like analytics are so deep. There's so much video. That right. You play so many teams where people can say it. Hey, look, it matters. I mean, you, you're going to know tendencies and feel when people by being around them as much as Ole Miss and Arkansas are around one another. I mean, David Horn said he thinks he's played Mike Bianco for 70 times during their career. But I think that was a bigger deal 10 years ago than it is today. I mean, every SEC park has Trike Man in it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're sure. just seeing so many different things. You can get all the information to where there really aren't any secrets. I mean, it's why Ole Miss keeps hitting into the shift because teams shift into Ole Miss knowing they don't do a very good job of hitting out of it. I mean, we're seeing all those different things. So they just got to get better at bats. They got to stop swinging at freaking sliders in the dirt. I mean, it, it's kind of baseball 101. If there is a slider that starts either down or away, it's only going to get more down and more away. So you don't swing at it. I mean, that's. Yeah, if you're, of, if you're Oklahoma, man. If, if, there. If, they're, in, in, they're not recognizing it. It's yeah. not that they don't know what to do. There's a lot of tunneling. Tunneling has gotten better. It has. And they're not seeing slider out of the hand. They're seeing fastball. And then you look stupid when you're looking fastball and it's a slider. All these guys, all these pitchers all over the country, they they want to get on Pitching Ninja. They figured out, you know, they, they, they've learned tunneling. I mean, like we talked about it today. You you mentioned it a minute ago. Connor Nolan was great. I mean, I don't know what Van Horn said or what Mike said, but Connor Nolan was great for Arkansas today. He wasn't great enough, but if you had offered Dave Van Horn, hey, your starter's going to give you eight innings, two runs, I think he would have thought, we're either going into the ninth with the game on the line or we're winning. I think that's what he would have thought. So, I mean, that's that's to me, that's as big a part of Delusha's outing as anything was that he was so perfect in a game where he had to be. He fed off of it. I think he got better as Nolan was putting up zeros. There's an energy to Dylan Delusha that he's sort of in a way, and it's not in a negative way or a vindictive way or anything else. He kind of pitches with a chip on his shoulder. He's the guy that pitches with, hey, I wasn't a starter at the start of the season. I mean, he uses all that. It's a weird fuel. He was using Connor Nolan throwing up zeros, and and Nolan was the first guy to kind of flinch. I mean, Connor Nolan in the post-game press conference admitted that he was going in the tunnel between innings when he was not pitching, almost kind of nerves, and he was listening to the crowd. And he said, I knew what Delusia was doing. He wasn't walking anybody. He wasn't helping us out. I would hear the old Miss – basically a pro Ole Miss crowd today. I mean, Ole Miss had more fans here than Arkansas did. Yeah. And he was hearing the crowd and the hottie toddies and the cheers and kind of going, ah, hell, okay, I got to go back and do it again and do it again and do it again. And, look, he was great, but he had a couple lapses. He, he admitted that when Kevin Graham was up on the run that scored there to start it off in the fourth, yep. he just threw a get-over curveball. He goes, I yep. was just trying to get ahead of him. He goes, I kind of stopped for a minute. I wasn't really thinking. Because he had spent – He had, he had, he had focused – he, he, he had focused so hard on Elko – and got Elko, yeah. and I think he was he exhaled for a minute, and and uh, yeah, and Graham kind of ambushed him. That was a big moment in that game. You know, I, I thought it was the irony really of that game was that as good as Arkansas's defense was, and it was phenomenal. I mean, some of the plays they made were amazing, but a couple of the runs scored off a uh, a ball that kind of more misplayed a little, and then one was on a ball that. Um, I guess it was Graham hit it down the line. I can't remember exactly who, but uh, Stovall dove for it, and yep. the ball hit his glove. I mean, it was he was right there. It was so close to being – we were so close, really, to having a zero-to-zero zero game, like eighth inning, where it was just going to be just everybody biting their nails. I mean, it was one of those kind of games. It was, it was a masterpiece in so many ways. It was a classic in so many ways. I appreciated the fact that it was two hours and nine minutes. I'm gonna get to watch the I'm gonna get to watch the NBA draft in a little while. Um, but it was it was um, it was it was really um, 
it was a game that I, I think anybody like we talk about our friend in Dubuque. The guy watching in Dubuque is watching every pitch of that because it just you're like, what's what's going to happen? And we'll be talking about Dylan Delusha's outing for a long time. It, they're the last couple innings. That's what I keep focusing on because I'm I'll, I'll write about this in a second when we get off. Dylan is almost pacing between innings. He's not actually walking, but he's he's moving back and forth. He's putting his weight on his left foot and then his right foot. He was just trying to get back out there. I mean, he's he said that he had almost kind of a flow over the game moment. He said he didn't realize what inning it was in. He just kind of knew he was pitching, and he looked up in the eighth and saw all the zeros and said, "Okay, I can I can finish this thing. I can I can go the rest of the way." Well, I I feel okay at that point. Once he got there in the uh, in the eighth inning, I mean, he was he was just feeding off of it and. You know, you talked about it last night. You said you know, two proud programs, whichever one wins is going to have to fight off the other one. Yep. When, it's hard to get those final three outs, those final six outs. The other team does bear down. They work you. Arkansas, you know, nobody thought they were just going to go quietly into the night, and they did because of Dylan Delusia. They hit yeah. a bunch of ground balls. They did, they, did, they just never could muster anything against him. They couldn't find a barrel, and Ole Miss was playing so loose defensively. I mean, it was pointed out that, I don't remember if it was the eighth or the ninth inning, but somebody hit a ball at Justin Bench in third, at third, and he almost threw it off his back foot like he was taking infield outfield before the game. I mean, he yeah. was just kind of flicking it over to Elko, and he went, oh, my God, there's one out in the eighth, and there was no bearing down. They were loose. They were free. Delusia wasn't walking anybody. He was working fast. He was being efficient. They were just kind of playing baseball. And at that point, when that's going on, I mean, that's a really dangerous team on the mound and in the field. Yeah, Peyton Chatney made a nice play at second base. Kevin Graham made a really nice play in left field on a ball that almost got over his head. It kind of got into the jet stream a little bit, and, and he made a play there. There was more to it than just Delusia, but it will be remembered as the Delusia game. There's no, there's no question about that. A couple of questions people have had. Uh, do you know who the home team will be on Saturday? Uh, I will ask that literally as soon as I walk out. They did not tell us like usual in the press conference. It might even be something where they flip a coin at the press conference tomorrow. I have no idea, but if there has made a decision, I will know the answer to that in the next few minutes. Also, I've had a lot of questions about um, Gonzalez. Certainly has not played well, has not hit well, has not played well in the field. Is he hurt? Is what's What's going on there? I don't think he's hurt. He. I was talking to Nick Suss about this at some point during the game. You know, Jacob, he struggled at the beginning of the year when it was cold. When the weather warmed up, he played pretty good shortstop for most of the time. But he has more tools than he necessarily is completely developed playing the position, if that, if that, if that makes sense. He's got the huge arm. He's got range. I understand why teams are going to pick him in the top five or the top ten of, of the draft next year. But the routine play kind of gets him. He doesn't make the routine play well. He talked about that even in the preseason that – He's had to kind of tell himself, hey, throw the ball to first base hard every time or do this or whatever. There's still not a feel for the position for him. And at the plate, I, I think he's just scuffling. I think he's just struggling. But I'll tell you, his form looks off. We talked about this last night. He just looks different in the box. He doesn't look overly confident. Some of that may be an actual confidence thing. And some, well, some of that is he plays one speed. And that's not necessarily bad. I'm not I'm not criticizing Gonzalez. But, you know, college baseball is pretty emotional. A lot of guys yeah. sort of – do some different things to to pep themselves up. It's a little bit of a, a you know a pep rally at times, and that's not Gonzalez at all. He's almost kind of in slow motion, and that can really help him at times. And I think at times that bogs him down because he doesn't seem to kind of have that extra place to go to to kind of pull himself out of it. And when you have that sort of mentality, and you're struggling, and you're doing it offensively and defensively, maybe he's in his head a little bit because. You know, it's a credit to two guys. It's a credit to Peyton Chatagnier when he was struggling offensively in the middle of the year, and it was a credit to Hayden Dunhurst for a good bit here the last few weeks. 
is that it didn't bleed over into the other parts of their game. I mean, I can't say for sure that Gonzalez isn't doing one of those deals where he's thinking so much about some of these bats he's letting go that it's affecting concentration, it's affecting things in the field because, you know, that happens a lot. And Ole Miss has, has been lucky that that has not happened across the diamond because they've had some guys have issues offensively, but especially with Dunhurst and Chardonnay, they, they've stayed in there and, and really played well defensively during the stretch run. I'm going to ask you this question and ask you to talk for a few minutes because I'm total transparency here. Uh, Campbell just got home for the weekend, and I'm going to go give her a hug and, and tell her hello. Um, okay. So I'll give you three or four minutes to talk, and then I'll be back. Um, what does this win mean for the program? What does this mean? What does this win mean for Mike Bianco, his his legacy, or the Ole Miss program moving forward? What I mean, no matter what happens in the in the I mean, either Oklahoma or Ole Miss is going to win a national title. Um, you know, they're going to play for it and someone's going to win it and someone's going to lose it. And you obviously don't have a, a crystal ball. If you do, let me know because I'll, I'll fly to Vegas and, and, and I'll make some quick cash. But just at this point, whether they finish number one or they finish number two, what, is this, what does this mean for, for the program, for Mike, for the, for the university moving forward? Yeah, I mean, it's all the platitudes. It's everything that you would think of from a standpoint of it's huge. It's huge in a number of ways. You know, you look at the micro view. It's huge because they even got past what that mess was in the late innings last night. I mean, if Ole Miss loses this game today, it would have been a hell of a season. It should have. It would, it would be a successful season. I mean, Dave Van Horn after the game talked about that he was just proud that his team got on the plane the Wednesday prior and finished their season in the College World Series. It's like the Final Four. It's like uh, – you know, a college football playoff. That's what Omaha is, just getting there. But had you lost last night and then lost today and you had the bases loaded in the ninth inning and couldn't get it done, and you had Mike making a couple decisions that were coin flips where he lost or bad decisions there in the late innings with pinch hitters and whatnot, it would have put a certain cloud over things because you had such an opportunity to get to that final series. It was right there for the taking. And by winning today and Delusia pitching like he did and doing it this way, that's all cleansed. I mean, of course, Ole Miss isn't as good of a shape with the pitching staff as they would have been at that point, but there is a definite cleansing of this whole thing. And that's what I said a second ago. I mean, you look at what this program has done, they've kind of gotten rid of all the scar tissue. Along the way, as time has gone on, depending on who they've played or what they've done, they get in. They get hot at the right time. It's something that Mike's teams have not done as far as getting hot at the right time at the late of the year. They go win a road regional. They've never done that before under Mike Bianco. They do it in dominating fashion. They hit, you know, they beat Miami. They beat Arizona, teams that have knocked them out in the past. You go play a, a spunky, plucky Southern Miss program and just dominate them. You go at Hattiesburg and, and, and control the entire weekend at that point. And then you get to Omaha, and with everything that has been going on and everything that you could do to be, just be happy to be here, they fought. They kept winning. And they did, you know, what Butch Thompson talked about is, Hey, aim high and try to hit that. Don't just kind of aim low and be lucky to get there and then scuffle around and finish fifth or third and go, hey, we had a hell of a season. Let's go have a parade and celebrate being, you know, almost good enough. No, they they, they, they locked in. They kept fighting. And this, this changes everything for Mike Bianco. I mean, he's going to get a raise, going to get an extension. He's going to do that anyway. But now you're talking about he's two wins away from hitting every single check mark imaginable and, you're talking about renaming stadiums. You're talking about statues. You're talking about those type of things with this legacy and what's an opportunity for Ole Miss here. And just one hell of a story when you factor in everything they did to get here. You know, Ole Miss was 
a program that we've always talked about, you know, how good are they? They're consistently a regular season program. It's always top 15, top 20 in the country. They, they host half the time. They make super regionals, but they hadn't had that Omaha success. They yeah. hadn't done that extra thing to really be vaulted into an elite program. Now they have that. I mean, yeah. it, there, there's nothing left to do. If they win a national championship, then it is completely 100% done. Mike Bianco is here until Mike Bianco doesn't want to be here. That might be the case anyway at this point. Because second is. place is it still is. a hell of an accomplishment for yeah. as far as getting to that point. Yeah. I mean, we can throw all that to bed. But no, we're talking about a weekend for for legacy, but the legacy has already been established. I mean, you look around, you know, Dave Van Horn is not getting fired to Arkansas. Well, he's never done anything but finish second, too. You know what I mean? I mean, it's one of those deals. So, no, it, it changes the program in every way imaginable. This run that Ole Miss has gone on right now, you hope that it removes scar tissue everywhere, all the way up and down. This is the complete surgical procedure this week to just go, you know what, they're just a really good elite baseball program that – Next year, Mike's going to find a way to be consistent. He's going to find a way to win. And now you don't have to hope that you can do it. You know you can do it. You saw it last year. Just get the tournament. Keep going. This is a program cleansing that has been a long time in the making. There's lots of layers to it. I mean, it's the most fascinating story I've ever covered from an on-field standpoint. I've been doing this for a long time. It's my 17th season around them. I've seen all the negatives. I've seen all the losses, all the times of, you know, just misses. Yeah. It's it, it's pretty cool. It's pretty special for him. You know, we don't we don't necessarily cheer for teams, but you care about people. And you've had Carl Lafferty, who's the longest tenured assistant in the SEC. You've got Mike, who's been through all that. You know, Mike Clement came after Godwin. Him, it's Mike credited his staff. It's just a lot of people who's done it the right way for a really long time, and it's pretty damn cool to see him get rewarded this week. Agree completely. Hey, uh, thanks for the time. I know you got stuff to write. Um, I'll visit with you at some point tomorrow, and uh, we'll we'll touch base with what we're doing moving forward. I'm I'm arranging a. Uh, I'll take care of hand raised guys this week. Let's put it that way. We lost Chase. That was Chase. oh sorry. Then I hang up on it. Uh, that was Chase Parham. He's got work to do. He'll I'll check out his writing at rebelgrove.com. If you're not a subscriber, now be a great time to. Uh, just subscribe to rebelgrove.com. It's cheaper than two gallons of gas a month if you subscribe for an annual subscription. Uh, also, do us a favor. Hit the like button. If, you, uh, if you're if you not subscribing to this channel, to our, our, our YouTube channel, subscribe. It doesn't cost you anything. Hit the like button. Please subscribe. We're really close to 5,000 subscriptions. We've got some uh, podcast news coming your way. Uh, in the next few days, that's big news for us and um, won't really affect you guys, but it's big news for us. It's good news for uh, what we're trying to do moving forward. So do us a favor, if you would, if you uh, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. Um, we probably don't mention that enough, but we, we'd really appreciate it. What was the Woj bomb? Someone says, uh, Leif says he Woj just dropped a, a Woj bomb. Oh, about Paolo. Okay. Yeah, there's there's nobody wants to hear me talk about this. I'm I've I have I have what I have prepared for this in an NBA draft in ways that I'm almost embarrassed to admit. I've probably wish I've probably listened to fifty hours of podcasts about this draft if I've listened to one. And there was some offshore movement involving who the magic would take at number one. There was some talk about uh about Boncaro going number one to Orlando. There's been some talk about Houston trading up, all sorts of stuff. So, okay, that's interesting.
draft starts in about uh, 30 minutes. Hey, who do we have? Hey, this is David from Georgia. Hey, David. What's up? I'm in absolute shock. I can't believe it. This, and I, I, will, I mean, I, I know some guys have talked about the greatest performance in Ole Miss baseball history. I'm willing to put this up there with the greatest performance in Ole Miss history. I mean, up there, up there with the Manning versus Alabama when he had like over 500 yards of offense against them. That was incredible. Yeah, it was in so many levels. I mean, we've 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 talked about it. I feel like I'm a broken record at this point, but it was um, it was amazing. I mean, he and and you know, it, it would have been one thing, right, if Ole Miss was up eight nine to nothing, um, but they weren't. It was like one to nothing, and he's he's out there. It was zero to zero, and he's throwing up goose eggs. It's one to nothing, and he's throwing up goose eggs. It's two to nothing, and he's still doing it. I mean. Two on, two out in the seventh, and he gets he gets Slavin's to ground out to second base. I mean, just time after time, he answered the bell on a day where, I mean, I going into the game, I thought you know they're going for going for five innings. Yeah, that's that's I was like I do with every Ole Miss sporting event. I, my dad lives in Mississippi, I live in Georgia, and we are on the phone basically the entire game, whether it's football, baseball, whatever, and. We both said to each other that Delusia had, I mean, about the fifth inning, I told my dad, I said, he's got the look like he's not coming out of this game. He just, he just looks like he's not coming out. And I just, I mean, the stage that this is on, the, the way he pitched, it was just, just, I mean, like the guy said earlier, if you're going to build Elko a statue, Delicious needs to be about a foot taller because we are not here without him. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, he's he's been – I can remember a, a phone conversation that Chase and I had earlier in the year. Ironically, it was – I've told the story on the podcast. I was in Tupelo. My son was at his uh, club soccer practice, and I was walking laps around the track at that uh, facility over there, and – I had two games on my on my phone because I was just trying to entertain myself while I walked for two hours. I was watching Ole Miss and Mississippi State. It was a Thursday night. I was watching Ole Miss and State, and I was watching uh, Arkansas LSU. And it was Dylan DeLucia was pitching for Ole Miss. I don't know who was pitching for State. It didn't matter. But it was Connor Noland and um, the Hilliard kid for LSU pitching. And I, I, I remember calling Chase and going, how come – Delusia hasn't been doing this all year. He's the same as those two guys. He's uh, similar stuff. They're very, they're all good pitchers. And at the time, it was like to me, this is like the indictment on Mike that they couldn't figure out that they had this Friday night guy. But it turns out that they got it figured out in in, in enough time, and here we are. And- I think I think the first time that I was screaming, Delusia needs to get put in the rotation, and I think I said. I think I was talking about putting him in Friday night. He came in in relief in a game and gave us like six or seven shutout innings. And I was like, nobody else is doing anything. Hell, give him a shot. And I was just like, and I was thinking the same way you were. This is is an indictment. You're not even giving the guy a chance. But to be where we were and where we are now, I mean, and I was – I was a little more emotional than I thought I was going to be. Like when he struck the guy out to end the game, 
I screamed, I jumped up, I got dizzy. I was, <laughs> it was, I, I acted like a six year old boy. And it was incredible. This is why I love sports so much, even with all the heartbreak. But I'll let you get to other callers and thanks for everything you guys do. And just, I mean, I don't know if you ever thought that y'all were going to be covering a national championship game, you know, when you took over the site. But this is absolutely incredible for me. So, yeah, I would go and then I'll talk to you guys later. Yeah, thank you very much. I I, I never thought that we wouldn't. I just, if you had told me in April that we were we were covering one <laughs> this year, I, I wouldn't have believed it. By the way, uh, Chase sent me a text. Ole Miss, Oklahoma, I should say, will be the home team for games one and three. Ole Miss will be the home team for game two. So for the people that wanted to know how that worked, Oklahoma is the home team for game one, Ole Miss for game two. If there's a game three, the Sooners will be the home team. I don't know why that's the case. So if you ask why, I don't know the answer, but I do know that is the facts. Oklahoma, the home team in game one, Ole Miss in game two. And if there's a third game, Oklahoma will be uh, the home team. Uh, I need to thank some people for Super Chats. Russell Harris, thank you very much, man. Appreciate that. That's very generous of you. We certainly appreciate it. I know I missed a couple of others. Another from Russell, he says, I can't go to Omaha. It's killing me. Uh, if you're going to rob a bank in Oxford, um, this is probably probably the weekend to do it. Uh, Blake Pierce says it would super chat more, but your boy has craft beer to buy in Omaha, so Blake's on his way to Omaha. I think a lot of people will, thanks to Pocket Watch as well. Yes, uh, please, um, thanks to Big Ben, thanks to Holden. Um, uh, I think I mentioned John earlier, John uh, Nothdurft, if I'm mispronouncing your name, I apologize. Um, yeah, if you're, if you're headed to Omaha, be safe. If you're going to rob a bank in Oxford, this is probably the weekend to pull it off. Monday be a good day to do your thing because there's not going to be there's not going to be anybody here. Everybody's getting out of here at this point. There will be lots of tickets available. Uh, I think everyone in Omaha knew that today either Ole Miss or Arkansas was going to get eliminated, which meant one of those fan bases was going to get out of town and the other was going to come in and pull up all of the rooms and all of the tickets. I think that will be the case. I'm going to tape with uh, Kerry Murdoch tomorrow from Sooner Scoop. The plan is I'm talking to Kerry and I'm talking to uh, David DeLucci tomorrow i will make that a hand raise guys it's going to be video is it listen there's a chance i can't get into why but i'm telling you now so that you'll know there's a chance that that's going to be video only on friday and into saturday and maybe all day saturday so if you uh if you want to watch that or, or hear that there's a chance you'll have to do it here on youtube we've got some stuff going on with uh that we'll be able to tell you about later with our podcast network um but there's a chance that we're not going to be able to load things tomorrow, um, late Friday into Saturday. So planning to have that show for you. It's a chance. It's going to be video only, though, so be aware of that. I'll let you know. I'll post on the board and Twitter and all of that stuff when the time comes. Um, all right. Phone lines are open for a few more minutes. Um, I'll take your calls. Let's see. Here's one. Hey, who do we have? Uh, Matt. Hey, Matt, what's up? Hey, Matt, so, uh, turn your device down. You'll be able to keep up better. Is that better? Yeah. Got it muted. Good. All good. Cool. How 
we doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm uh, I'm terrific. So I, I I felt the need to uh, to call in and tell the tell this wild story. So I just happened to be easily could have been working in New Orleans this week. And was working in Fayetteville or this week. I'm sorry, not weekend. And I uh, I'm, I'm going to be working in Fayetteville from Wednesday to Friday this week, and that obviously helps my case with with the misses on. Hey, look, if the revs make it the weekend, I'm only going to be six hours away. You know, I've got to go, right? Well, so one of my buddies, he flies from New Orleans to Fayetteville today. I pick him up when I'm done with work. We're literally in the hotel watching the revs. You know, the, we don't know if we're going north or south tomorrow, essentially. <laughs> yeah, sure. So we, uh, we're obviously going north and uh, just – Big static. Got rooms booked. So we uh we eat, and I know you know Fayetteville, Neil, so we yeah. we got a burger today at, at uh Hugo's. Yeah. And my boy was wearing a Chatonier jersey, no lie. Wearing a Chatonier jersey, got multiple comments uh in Hugo's. Uh on people like, You're pretty brave wearing that uh wearing the jersey in here. So Yeah, you know it was uh Go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. So just it was just a crazy experience to be in Fayetteville because <laughs> the other day I'm in, I'm working and people that I'm working around are like, yeah, well, I hope, I hope, you know, when I see you Friday, I hope, uh, I hope you're about to be heading south, not north, you know, and sure. And uh, so, yeah, were like, you know, before the game Wednesday, and they're like, well, We'll see what happens. You know, it's just to be in Fayetteville with this, and then we're headed, hey, headed north, not south. Yeah, there's. I know people don't believe this, but in Fayetteville itself, there's a lot of mutual respect for the for the Ole Miss program. Um, I've I've been there and talked to people and, and and know that to be a fact. I mean, there's there's a ton of respect. I know that Dave Van Horn has a ton of respect for for uh, for Ole Miss for what Mike's done. Frankly, everyone around the league has a ton of respect for what Mike has done. Um, 22 years at one program with the consistency that Mike has had, people have noticed it. And, and uh, Van Horn's certainly one of those guys. And I know, I, know that, uh, I know that the whole rivalry thing gets weird and all that stuff. And I know there's parts of, of the Arkansas fan base that are stuck in the 50s probably, and it's probably maybe the 1850s, but – my experience, and I've, I've been up there a lot the last three years. My experience has been a lot of respect for for uh, what uh, Mike has done with baseball. For sure, and like you said before, a lot of times baseball fans are different than kind of the football crowd and everything like that. And you know, something I was actually I was I was going to call in last show, but you know, a bunch of yahoos calling in. And it got late, and I was like, I'll, I'll hopefully call in next time after a win. But something I just wanted to ask you about, you know, I mean, I've been following you and Chase for over a decade now. This has got to be as far as the, any of the, you know, big three programs y'all, y'all have covered and y'all, y'all cover them all so well in your own way. You know, this has got to be this run from, I mean, legitimately coaching changes happening to this. Yeah. Um, uh, that's 
I, I would I would just love that. I don't I don't even know what would compare. I'm sure you would mention AK from you know the 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 run they went on with Marshall and everything. And no, this is different. I, this I don't is, even this, know what would come close. This is different. Look, I mean, I'll say this now. We've got three items. They're still sitting in our admin, and I, I, I don't delete them because I didn't write them. Chase did. But I keep looking at them, and I have to always be careful not to accidentally hit something in our admin. Chase wrote a column about um, covering Mike, kind of in a past tense. He wrote a um, – he had a hot board, and he had a story about the beginning of the search for um, Mike's replacement. Those were all – pertinent stories that were done um at this point if you followed us we've been together for i don't know 11 12 years something like that maybe more i, I lose track of time i guess more than that 13 years um you, you either you either trust our sourcing or you don't and um for that, sure that monday it was over it was over i mean it, it's it's the craziest part of the story is that no joke. I mean, this is that Monday morning, Memorial Day. Um, we had planted a bunch of new sod. And, you know, you have to water new sod. And I was outside moving sprinklers, making sure that all the sod got wet so that, you know, it wouldn't burn up and all that stuff. And Chase called. And I answered with, hey, what's up? And he's t- talking about how he doesn't know yet, but he's pretty sure they're not in and Here's what's going to happen, and we're kind of talking about timing and what, when are we going to do a podcast. And you know, we normally don't do a a uh, we normally don't do a podcast on that Monday, and um, <laughs> we were like, well, we probably should do one this afternoon because we we were under the belief that Mike was going to get fired, and um, I was back. I came back in here. And I was working on something else. I was working on some recruiting stuff. And I don't remember what else. It was, I don't know. It was a Monday. And um, someone called me and said, hey, have you heard that Ole Miss is in? And I said, no. And he goes, I heard they're in. And I asked him who his source was. And he told me. And he goes, you can't burn me. I said, no, I'm not burning you. But are you sure? And he goes, well, I'm not positive, but I'm, I'm, I, I believe the source. And I said, okay, well. Let me work on it a little bit. And frankly, I spent the next 30 minutes thinking he was wrong and um, kind of stumbled around a little bit and thought maybe he's not wrong. And about that time, Chase called me and he goes, I've got something, but it's off the record. And he told me what it was. And even at that point, the whole our whole conversation when we realized that Ole Miss was in as a three seed in Coral Gables, that's who they were, they were going to play Arizona and they were in Miami and whoever the fourth team was. I can't even remember now. It doesn't matter. Um even at that point, his his conversation to me was, "Well, it, it won't matter. It it all it does is delay the inevitable." And that's that's why this the part of this is so crazy is that we're sitting here tonight talking about a team that's about to play for the national championship starting on Saturday night. It, it, the the juxtaposition of where they where, where things actually were on Memorial Day compared to where things are at this hour on June the twenty third is just. It's almost impossible to believe, frankly. It'll blow your mind. Yeah, and, I, mean, I mean, it's the equivalent of a you know, it's the equivalent of a thirteen seed or a twelve seed in the NCAA basketball tournament making it to the the Monday night final. It just doesn't happen. 
That doesn't happen. It, it never happens. If it ever, if it's ever happened, someone's going to tell me when it was. Maybe someone's done it once, but it, it doesn't. It doesn't happen. The the last team into the NCAA basketball tournament, it gets beat. Maybe it makes the Sweet Sixteen, but that's as far as it goes. Usually, it gets beat in the first round, loses the second round. They they don't do this. This is this is an incredible story. Well, and absolutely, and something I like to look back at is the first game of the tournament. Shats double down the line. That yeah. you could argue that sure. that blowing that game open, getting us in the winners bracket. Sure. As, we, as, as y'all talked about. As, as a lot of the fans talked about, we got to stay on the schedule. We can't get in the losers bracket. That you could you could argue that was the biggest play of this run, biggest at bat of this run. Was that which which was a great at bat, if I'm not mistaken? Where and then Chet laced that double down the left field line. You know, yeah. That right there, getting us in the winners bracket, allowing us to have that opportunity to win that two to one game against Miami and then I mean it's just it's just wild how it's all unfolded. And uh <laughs> I'm I'm at the end of the day I'm just so pumped for these players. I mean all us old Miss fans, especially the left field crew we all sit with and might they're probably listening. I mean, we love love this group of players. It's been it's been up and down. I mean some of these guys have on the we're on the eighteen team, the nineteen team of course. I mean it's They've been through a ton, and uh, a ton of us are heading out here. If, if they're not already have been there the whole time, uh, so yeah, it's it's fun. So I uh, appreciate you know, as everybody says, appreciate everything you and Chase do, Neil, and I, all y'all staff, and yeah, man, y'all keep it y'all keep it going. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate the call. Safe travels up to Omaha. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, Ginger points out in the, in the thread. She's right. People were seriously asking for a hot board. Her words, uh, Ginger writes, fans were begging for a hot board. People would say, why not put up a hot board? And I'd say, because in the event that something crazy happens, you look like a fool. I rest my case. That's, that is why you don't put up a hot board. <laughs> right there. Hey, who do we have? Hey, who's this? Hey, this is uh, Chilbrose Wagons. I'm sorry, say it again. Chilbrose Wagons. Okay, go ahead. This is Chilbrose Wagons. Hey, what's up? Hey, Neil. Hey, uh, first time caller, man. Uh, I just want to say how excited I am to head up to Omaha. I want to give a shout out to my wife. Her birthday is Saturday. She went to Southern Miss, so last weekend was uh, was stressful. Um, she's allowing me to go to Omaha this weekend on her birthday. Um, it took a nice jewelry gift, but it was totally worth it. Look, um, I was at Ole Miss from 05 to 09. Uh, we saw some <laughs> we saw some near misses. Um, never thought that we would be in the position that we are right now. I booked a plane ticket that that hurt a little bit financially just now, but man, that's what money's for. Um, I just wanted to tell a quick story. Six years ago, um, I was working for the local um, alumni club, and I got asked to pick up Mike Bianco at the airport. 
Um, I was nervous as hell because I had a small truck that wasn't really comfortable, but he's a small fella, so it worked out. Um, but I asked Coach Bianco a question, and I just thought that this would be some fun trivia for anybody listening. I said, hey, Coach, you know, I've, I've been in Ole Miss a while. You've been a fan for a while. When do you think the beer shower started? Coach Bianco's answer was a Mark Wright home run against Miami in the Super Regional. I just thought everybody would appreciate hearing that. Look, I'm proud of the Revs, proud of Bianco. I'll hang up and listen. Neil, thanks for all you do. Thank you. Appreciate you. Yeah, I would not have known the answer to that. Now that I think about it, that that's a really good tri- uh, trivia question. Where did that come from? Adam Silver uh, getting ready to – Adam Silver's one weird-looking dude. NBA draft getting started. Expectation is Jabari Smith goes first. I know nobody cares. I care. I'm sorry. I'm, i I got to remember where I am. I've, I've, I can't begin to tell you how many times I've, I've done my walk each morning listening to NBA draft stuff. Um, all right, let's see. Um, I need to put the phone line back up if you guys want to call. Um, there it is. I don't know why the graphics are moving all over the place. I'm doing something wrong. Hey, who do we have? Hey, this is Will. Hey, Will. Hey, so can we talk about Delusia again? Just because that was insane. Sure. And I was at the South Carolina <clears throat> series. Sorry about that. And I was talking to, I think it was his cousin, and he kept saying, yeah, Dylan hadn't done well, but he's not. But he's a starter. He's not a reliever. And I was thinking, okay, yeah, but you're just his cousin. You are you know, it was the hype up of he's better than what he's shown. And he said, if you just put Mike, if Mike would put him in, he could go off. And the guy wasn't wrong. He knew what he was saying, and that's just insane. And then one more question. What do you think people are going to like this? What do you think the Grizzlies are going to do at 23? At 23, I think they're going to take a backup point guard. Um, I, I think they're either going to take uh, Kennedy Chandler or Ty Ty. Uh, okay. And then what about the J.D. Note guy? Is he not going tonight? Uh, no, he's he, he's no, he won't be drafted. Um if anybody off that Arkansas team gets drafted, it's Jalen Williams. He'll go the second round at some some point to somebody. Okay, sorry, I just had to ask. No, no, it's all good. Yeah, uh, it was kind of mind-boggling. Note feels like the kind of guy that goes to Europe and plays for a long time. Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, he's he's a good player. I don't know that he's an NBA player though. He's he's a really good college player who can score. Um, size is some issue for him. He's the kind of guy that goes to Spain or something and, and plays ten years, and if he's smart, makes a ton of money. All right, I got you. Well, thank you for clearing that up for me because I was just mind-boggling. Like I said, I saw that today, and I was like, wait, where is this guy? Yeah, no, he's he's um, he's kind of like a um, Brian Tyree kind of player. I mean, he might get yeah. you know he might get some time in the in the G League. I just uh, you know like both of them are scorers. Both of them are a little small. It's just kind of hard if, so if, if you don't have well, if, if you don't have an Carolina. elite if you don't have an elite skill, it's hard to make it in the NBA. Yeah. Well, thank you for answering that. I knew you would know, so thank sure. you for that. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Uh, 
there has been some talk about the Grizzlies trading up, actually. Um, there is some talk about Memphis and OG Ananubi from uh, Toronto. Toronto talking about moving him. Potentially, he would make a ton of sense in Memphis, a Memphis team that is really close. And sometimes when you're this close, you you got to go make that run. He would make a lot of sense for uh, for the Grizzlies. And, yeah, I've heard that talked about a lot today. Talk about Portland with Ananubi. Talk about Memphis with him as well. So I keep kind of thinking the, the, the Grizzlies will make a move here because they've got some cap room to work with as well. Um, Again, big night for uh, big night for Ole Miss. Big night for Dylan DeLucia. Ole Miss and Oklahoma starts on Saturday, um, 6 o'clock. I was wrong earlier about Sunday. It's 2 o'clock, not 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock on Sunday. And then, uh, if necessary, it's a Monday night, game 3 at 6 o'clock. All those games on ESPN. Um, don't forget, Sammy brings this up. Get your college corner gear. If you're heading up to Omaha, um, grab you some gear. Don't forget on Saturday, Sunday afternoon or Monday in the event that Ole Miss wins a national championship, while you're super excited, go to collegecornerstore.com, enter College World Series in the, uh, in, the, in the search, and order all your Ole Miss National Championship gear from the people at collegecornerstore.com. Make sure they know, please, that um, you appreciate them sponsoring all of these shows. We're going to do another one of these on Saturday night, win or lose. We'll do one on Sunday afternoon, win or lose. And... Um, and then, obviously, clearly, if there's a Monday game, we'll do it Monday night, win or lose, and um, take your calls and talk to Jeffrey and Brian and Chase from Omaha. Again, thanks to the people at the Corinth Dental Clearwater Group for making it a little easier for us to uh, send Chase to Omaha for what now will be 10 or 11 days. So, um, yeah, thanks to all of them. For, for being a part of the show and for helping us over the years. Um, I'm going to make this last call, if that's okay. My daughter's here. I, I want to go visit with her. Um, I feel bad doing that, but we've been going for almost two hours now. Um, so I'll put, the, uh, I'll put the phone number up one more time. NBA draft about to get started. There's the number, 662-259-0991. Let's see, what did, what, what, Paolo going one according to Woj, wow. That's really shocking, and it makes what Oklahoma City does at number two, because I don't, I assume Oklahoma City prefers Chet Holmgren to Jabari Smith, but I don't know how much of that is because of the assumption that, um, the assumption that Jabari would not be available because I think the Thunder have operated under the premise that Jabari would go number one. All right, here's our last call. Hey, who do we have? Hey, Neil, it's Andy out of Louisville. Hey, Andy, what's up? Hey, I just want to say, like, I apologize. Like, I really, I really expected us to blow today, but um, we didn't. I'm, I'm just flabbergasted. I, I don't really know what to say other than I'm just so happy that now. Uh, you know, we're going to compete for a national championship, which is really like what you'd expect out of like a team that you'd, you'd like to follow. I, I'm just so happy. Yeah, you should be. I mean, your team's 
going to play for the national championship. I mean, there's there's only two teams in the country that are in that spot. You and Oklahoma, everybody else in the world would trade places uh, right now. Exactly. Like, I'm, and also, like, so my fiance, she's a Rice grad. Like, she probably doesn't really understand the sport of baseball, but she understands that they've won a national championship. So I'm just, I'm glad that maybe I will now be able to, you know, check my Rice grad fiance, future wife, that, uh, you know, Ole Miss, don't, don't try to mess with us. Like, we're, we're also okay at baseball every once in a while. Yeah, well, you're you're playing for the national championship. You got a chance to win it here in the next uh, in the next couple of days. So, um, yeah, I mean, congratulations! It's it's, it's a it's a really fun time for you guys. I agree. Uh, shout out to Stephen and Austin. Thanks, Neil. Enjoy uh, your daughter being at home or on the phone or whatever, and uh, have a great day. I'm Thanks, Andy. Appreciate, appreciate you. I know we're not here to talk about the NBA. I'm, forgive me for a minute. I'm just stunned here. <laughs> I did not. I spent the last month, like everybody else, just assuming that that Jabari Smith was going number one. And now I'm fascinated to see what happens with the Thunder on the on the pick. Jabari is the guy that I think of all the guys, he's, he's the most ready to help right now today. Of those three guys, I think he has the lowest upside. He's not a good defender. He's an elite passer. He's a facilitator on offense. He's 6'10", 245. I mean, God, he looks the part, but wow. You've got, I mean, Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren, their upsides are just off the charts. And when you're number one, you got to swing. you got to swing. i got to, forgive me a minute, I need to see what. Trying to find out what, trying to find out things. I apologize. I know this is terrible, Pod. We are two hours in, so I don't feel quite as guilty. If I were doing this in the first 30 minutes, I'd feel like terrible. Um, again, there were some people that were asking about um, about home team that's been asked. Oklahoma's the home team in games one and three. Ole Miss is the home team in game two. Oh, okay. Um. Someone asked me who I want. I, I don't know. I've spent the month talking myself into Chet Holmgren. And now I've talked myself into Holmgren. And now that Jabari's available, I know that I know I think I'm high. I think Jabari is the safer pick of the two. Yeah, Carson's going nuts right now. He's blowing my phone up. Uh, people don't know this, so we we drive the Tupelo every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and we have talked about this draft, the two of us, a hundred hours. I mean, we have we have listened to uh, Andrew Schleck's podcast on uh, <laughs> where he breaks down prospects. We've listened to the podcast about Jabari. We've listened to the breakdown of Chet. We've read all of the athletic stuff. Um, he says, I think I want Jabari, but I'm cool with Chet, too. He says, we're about to find out. So, yeah, we'll see. I'm going to turn this up a little bit so I can see him. 
If you're still with me at this point, I apologize. By the way, thanks to all 515 of you that are still in here two hours into a stream. We're literally 13 seconds away from the two-hour mark. Yeah, and I know people say that about Chet, about how he's skinny and stuff, but he's really tough. He's strong. He's got a great work ethic. He's he's not he's not Sean Bradley. His his upside is phenomenal. He's he's at minimum at minimum he's a defensive whiz who can shoot threes. At maximum he's something between Kevin Durant and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I'm not saying he's that guy, but that's his kind of upside. Thanks, Daniel, for the super chat. It says, doing a great job, Hottie Toddy. Been out here since last Friday, not leaving till the Rebels do. Yeah, it's been a long time to be out there. Pick is in. Everyone is saying it's Holmgren. I, knowing what I know about the Thunder over all these years, I'll be shocked if it's not Holmgren. The more I think about it, he seems like more their guy. Thunder Tech Holmgren, that's what I thought they would do. Wow. Not the best night so far for Jabari Smith, but I think that's the guy that the Thunder wanted all along. I think it was the reason that they tanked down the stretch to get into the top four. I think he's who they wanted. He fits so well with Josh Giddy and Shea Gildas-Alexander, and he's going to struggle in his rookie year, which is a good thing because I think the Thunder want to lose one more year. He's, he's what you do when you have the second pitch. You swing. You swing. And that's a swing. You absolutely swing at this point. You don't go safe. That's what Orlando just did. Orlando went safe. And it might end up being the right pick, but they went safe. The two guys that have chances in this, in this draft to be superstars in terms of potential bigs are, are Smith and Holmgren. All right, this isn't great pod at this point, so I apologize. Um, Daniel, again, thanks for the super chat. Really appreciate you. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up there. I'm going to go see what happens. It looks like Jabari Smith is going to fall into Houston's lap. I'm guessing, although Houston at this point might think about Jaden Ivey. Um, Ivey's the wild card in the draft. A lot of people trying to trade up to get him at four. Um, if Houston, as I'd heard, Houston had its mindset on Palo Boncaro. And so it makes me wonder if at this point, Houston's on the phone here in the next four minutes and 25 seconds trying to trade out of this. Um, wouldn't be surprised. Houston has all sorts of needs. They, they needed a, a big to facilitate. Uh, and that was Boncaro. That's not Jabari. I, I don't I don't know what Houston does here. Um they've got Jalen they've got Jalen Green. They 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 don't really need another backcourt guy. Green's a ball dominant guy. Ivy's a ball dominant guy. I think it's I think Jabari just makes sense for them here, but that's not who they had in mind. I, I think they spent the last month believing they were going to get 
um, Paolo Boncaro from Duke, and Paolo goes number one. Just a, everybody said this draft had a chance to be wild. If you watched people, I don't know how many of you guys did. If you listen to people today, a lot of people said, "Hey, this this draft could get weird." And here it is, weird. Carson does not want to get on camera. I think so. I think that's why he's not coming in. Yeah, he asked if he was pleased. He said, hell yeah, but I feel bad for Jabari. We've talked about these people so much that in our house, these people are first name. <laughs> we we refer to all of these guys as first name. We don't, we, we'll talk about Shaden and Jabari and, and, and Jaden and, and stuff. It's, it's hilarious. We've spent so much time on this draft that it's, it's insane. Um, so again, kind of wrapping up uh, as we wait to see what Houston does. Ole Miss wins today, two to nothing. A legendary outing from Dylan DeLucia, an outing that people will be talking about for years and decades to come. Frankly, Ole Miss will play uh, Oklahoma on Saturday night, game one of the uh, championship series. It's a three-game series, first to win two. It's basically a super regional. To win a national championship, you have to win a regional, a super regional, a regional, and a super regional. Today, Ole Miss won a regional by beating Arkansas two to nothing, and now they'll play a super regional against um, against Oklahoma Saturday at six, Sunday at two, and then if there's a game on Monday, it's a six o'clock game, which will be one of the least productive work days in the history of um, of Mississippi for or, and, and Ole Miss alumni. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, Jabari is appears to be in tears. Um, he's 18 years old. Can you imagine this 18-year-old? You, you, you go all, all this time thinking you're going to be the first pick in the draft or the second pick in the draft. And and two, he's, I think he's just getting taken right now by the Houston Rockets. So, you know, he'll, he'll um, this will be something that, that will motivate him moving forward. I, I love Jabari Smith's game. Um, He's he's a great shooter. Uh, probably what they're talking about right now. He's got a chance to be somewhere between Paul George and Kawhi Leonard as a player. But it, but the Rockets have picked him, obviously. So he's about to be called up. And if you're waiting for the the draft to get really weird, it's got a chance to get weird next. Sacramento, one of the most unpredictable teams in the in the in the league, will be on the clock in a minute. And um, they might or might not take Jaden Ivey. They might trade that pick. The Knicks have been trying to trade up to that pick. The Thunder have been rumored to be trying to trade up to that pick. So uh, the league, the 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 draft could get weird here quick. There are a handful of teams who have the ability to to make an offer to Sacramento that they would take. J- Jaden Ivey does not want to go to Sacramento. That's that's part of the deal too. So, all right, we'll stop there. I've I've rambled long enough. Thank you all to, for being here with us. We will make this the Friday podcast again. I'm I'm going to tape tomorrow uh, with. Um, a couple of guests. It's probably going to be in YouTube form at first. We've got something going on with our podcast channel, but it's really good news. I'm not at liberty to talk about it yet, but it's coming. We'll tell you about it. It's great news for us. Most of you guys will never even notice the difference, but it's really good news for us. It's also going to mean that we're not going to have access to it at, after a little while tomorrow for about a day or so. So um, anyway, we're back on Saturday night with a post-game show as soon as Oklahoma and Ole Miss throw the last pitch of the Saturday game. We'll hit the button and uh, get to you guys. Jabari Smith just goes third. 
to the uh, Houston Rockets. So not too bad of a fall, but not not going number one. Uh, we will stop there. Again, Ole Miss 2, Arkansas 0. Ole Miss plays for the national championship for uh, Chase Parham, for Brian Rippey, for Jeffrey Wright. I'm Neil McCready. Have a uh, great rest of your week. We'll see you on Saturday night. Good night.